welcome to season three, numero tres of Shine Brighter with Liz. Wow, guys, it's been a minute since I've had my last episode come out, but I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you so much if this is your first time listening in. This is season three, so be sure to hop all the way back to the beginning. Maybe not the beginning, beginning, because it was very, very, very raw. <laughs> season two was a little bit more polished. Season three, we're getting there. We are getting the hang of this podcast thing. But anyway, this is a podcast on personal growth and lifestyle development. And this is nowhere near a perfect podcast, you guys. This is just me talking and sharing with the world. I decided to make a podcast because I'm an actress. And so many times as an actor, it's more like just give me, give me, give me, please give me an opportunity. And I wanted to kind of find a way to serve back into the world. I'm all about being a light in this world. I truly feel like being a lighthouse is my calling. And I love to connect with other people who I believe are lighthouses. And what I consider a lighthouse is really just someone who's shining their authentic, beautiful light into the world and helping other people not feel alone. So each week I sit down with a new guest who I believe is shining that light. Thanks so much for tuning in to season three. Let's dive right in. Today's guest is an awesome one. His name is Mark Campbell. And I actually had the pleasure of watching Mark at a second city show. It was called Grinning from Fear to Fear. It's a sketch show written by him and his other cast members. During our talk, I sat down and we talked all about his life's journey from starting in high school's speech team all the way to where he is right now on a second city show in Chicago. This is an awesome episode about the world of improv. So let's dive right in. Okay, awesome. We're recording. So first and foremost, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. And I'm super thank excited you. to chat with you. Thank you for having me very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So we are just going to dive right into it. I love to start with the beginning of you know your life just so that way the audience and people listening can can get a just kind of understand like who you are. So like what were you like as a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up? And Kind of like, what's your story from then to where you are today? Let's see. When I was a kid, four years ago, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I was apparently a very, like, I was always a very goofy kid. So, I, so I've been told, and based on old photos, um, I was apparently one of those kids that, like, almost needed a leash. My parents <laughs> have told me that they almost had to put me on a leash, which, have you ever seen those? Like, yes, I they, like, have one. Have to attach something? You had one? Yeah, my parents put me on one. I was one of those kids, too. That's so comforting to know that, <laughs> that, okay, there are others out there and we turned out okay. Yeah, we're great. This is, okay, good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I always like being a little goofy kid. I like, I very much didn't want to go in. I didn't want to do any acting or anything like that. My, my parents, especially my dad, like really wanted me to, um, but I was too nervous and too scared. But I was a very like, I don't know, performative, goofy type of kid. And my dad was like, why aren't you doing something? And I was like, because I like soccer. Um, but then once I got into high school, I was on the speech team, which is like competitive acting and public speaking, right. which is basically like the sexiest activity you could do as a high schooler. I reached high school and everyone else was going through puberty and I hadn't yet. So I was like, sports are out. Cool. Uh, what am I going to do? And my brother did speech team. So uh, I did that and it was super fun. And that was the first time that I like started doing performance stuff willingly and really liking it and so i did events that like there there are like several different types of events that you could do and 
and I did only the comedic ones that like either you act out a short comedic scene from a play or you get to write your own thing and like perform all the characters. So I did those and it was really fun and I loved doing it. And then uh, my high school team technically had an improv group, but was essentially just like, let's go play Mario Kart every Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> like we didn't, we didn't like to do improv. It's um, funny. But it was, it was a very good time. And then once I got to college, I started working at an improv theater that was literally like next door to my college. And this was um, in Chicago? This was in Naperville. Yeah, I went oh, okay. to, I, I grew up in the Western suburbs of Chicago and then oh, okay. um, went to college in the Western suburbs of Chicago just to like get some more variety, you know, <laughs> just to like really mix it up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there was, there was that improv theater and, and they let me run lights and like sweep up after their shows, which was really, really nice. Right. Um, and then my college had like this late night improv program. So I got to perform that or there and just like do crappy goof around improv with theater kids. And it was yeah. super fun. Yeah. And that, then I heard about Second City and I, I knew it always existed, but I didn't like know that it was a thing that I could try or, or go to seriously. Right. And so I started taking classes my senior year of college. That's so a yeah, I started commuting from school to school. <laughs> nice. And so yeah. you just kind of, so your journey with Second City was that you kind of just kept taking class. Like, what was your first class? I never really, I did more like drop-in classes um, oh, more cool. at I.O. when I went. And I did, yeah. like, I did like the test drive at uh, Second City. And then I did like more at I.O. I was like scared mm -hmm. to commit. Not scared because I was like, I was there for three months, but I was flying back and forth to New York and stuff. So I was like, I don't want to, invest in a month class and then if I have to go to New York for an audition or something like it just you know I was like I just I, I don't know if I can commit to this mm. um but the IO experience was so amazing because oh, it was good. like I did the 10,000 hours and I would do oh, it cool. um yeah I would do it um Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday and it was three dollars for like two hour class yeah what? and it's, it's a jam it's literally a jam you should go to it Dang. it's so okay. fun and you, I mean, I'm sure you get enough improv now, but it's so fun because it's just like, it's a drop-in class. You, um, you pay the $3, you go in and then you just play. And That's it was so fun. so fun. It was like free form. Like it was like long form. And then sometimes they would try different things and you would just play games. And I was oh, like, yeah. Cool. And it was $3. I was like, I'm down to kind of just be like, do I want to do it today? Yes. And then it was just amazing. It was amazing yeah. experience. Um, what a good, I've never heard of that program. Yeah, it's probably just because I'm so removed from everything. Yeah. Um, but what a great idea! That's so yeah, fun. yeah. And I think they said it started in the pit in New York, where oh, they kind of okay. started seeing that like these people wanted to come and just jam, kind of like a music jam, but like improv, and they just want to yeah. come and like play. And you know, some of them couldn't afford classes and stuff, but they were like, you know what? Why don't we create something so it's like ten thousand hours, and yeah. you just come in, pay three bucks, and it's a donation. You don't even have to pay the three. Oh, that's But great. I would just always pay it because I'm like, come on, yeah, girl. Three like, bucks. You could pay, yeah, yeah, three yeah. bucks. Like, give to them. Um, and, yeah, and then you have, like, different teachers that come and coach. And um, and then, yeah, and then I saw some of them, like, all know each other because they're all, like, in the improv scene. And, yeah. Um, and then it was so cool. And then some of these people were in the actual program taking class, and they would just come to the 10,000 hours. So I felt like I was in class because I was, like, kind of playing with the same people. And right. I think the hardest thing, though, um, going to these classes was 
you know, I'm an actress. I've done improv like when I was younger. Um, I was in an improv team in high school. I did like mm-hmm. uh, kind of like improv Olympics. Oh, I cool. did. Yeah. And then in college, I did a whole semester of improv. And then I hadn't taken any classes at UCB or anything. But coming into improv, I was like, all right, I kind of know it. But there was so much of a different language. Like they were saying yeah. like, oh, Harold or this or that. And I was like, yeah, oh, shit. Like, I do not know what I'm getting into. I was so right? scared. I was like, wait, yeah. you guys are talking a whole other language. So I don't know. So I guess like kind of what was your journey um, like starting out and and all of that? Yeah, I uh, I felt so similar that like, yeah. I, you know, I only knew short form and I only knew like Whose Lines It Anyway in that theater that I worked at in college was all, all short form. So that's what I knew. And I, and I loved it. Like I had, you know, people love to crap on short form, but yeah. I think it's really fun. Um, so that was all I knew. And so I came to, to Chicago in the first classes. I auditioned for the Second City Conservatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I didn't get it. No one... So few people like. Right. I feel like not everyone gets in the first time. Maybe I'm saying that to make myself feel better. I have okay, no whatever. You're on a show, uh, so I'm sure you're doing uh, great. Uh, but eventually, I I got in and. Um, oh, you eventually the, got in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I got it. I got in, and so that was the the class and the program that I did, and it was like a year long program or so. Wow. Um, and it was a varying uh, topics. You know, each level would be, you know, either like group based or you know every every level would have different focuses whether it's styles and genres or or what have you um but ultimately with the intention of writing a second city style one act sketch review um so that was really exciting to me because i i had done sketch before and and you know in speech team i got to write my own stuff so i liked writing uh comedy so that was the most appealing to me but while i was there kind of like you mentioned, there was this other language that people were like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm at IO and I, you know, we're taking the Herald and we're doing blankety blank. And I was like, I have no idea what any of that means. I, I know. Do, I did not understand. Um, but so after I finished it, the conservatory program, then I was like, okay, great. I should take IO. So I, I signed up for oh, those classes and did that full year long program as well. And so um, what would you say, I mean, I guess for people listening also, like what would you say is kind of the difference between IO and Second City? Because I know that, one is long form, one is short form, or is it like one sketch? Like, is it the process? Um, yeah, I think like, I don't know if Second City, I, I haven't done the conservatory in a long time because I am an old person. <laughs> uh, uh, but um, they, they're both long form in terms of like the improv that you'll be doing. But Second City, at least when I went through, it was more with the intention of like, we're going to teach you how to improvise longer scenes and two person scenes or or things like that with the ultimate intention of like now use these skills to improv uh, to improvise scenes that could become sketch to right. to improvise so that you can then remember the scenes that you like and then re-improvise them and then write them down and make them sketch where io was much more the focus of like this is here for this brief moment and then it's gone we're, right. we're here Just to like only improvise yeah 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 because uh, essentially yeah, it was, I mean, I know that Second City started with, what is her name? Um, Viola Spolin, right? Yeah, yeah. So then she she created it and they were kind of like children games that ended up becoming, right? That's kind of like the, the idea. And then I'm yeah, assuming. So they were, yeah. They were like acting exercises that um, that, that Viola Spolin had, had used for, for years. And then... Uh, when the compass players who who were 
who eventually then went on to start Second City, uh, use those exercises as theater students. And then they're like, what if we use these as performance pieces? And then they kept evolving those performance pieces into the Second City style improv. Yeah. And I, what I thought was so interesting when I was taking class, I think it was her name was Maggie. I think you follow her on Instagram. I, she was my teacher at Second City for the test drive. She writes Maggie, for The Onion. and um, Maggie Smith? I believe so. And she also does the, she does the comedy sports as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's she's, so great. She was great. She was such a great teacher. And yes. so she, she, under, she's kind of the one that was like answering all my questions. Cause I was like, all right, I got a lot of questions, man. Yeah. And, um, she was telling me about like the process of sketch because I've always, you know, loved improv. And then they were telling me this concept of sketch and how kind of how you already explained is like you improvise, you like the ones you like, and then you mm -hmm. write it out and then you perform it. And then what works It's kind of almost like, I guess, like a stand-up routine. You kind of keep modifying. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So what is, what's that process like? Like I've never taken a sketch class. Like yeah. what is, I don't know. What's like sketch like? Sketch is so interesting. Cause, cause some people do really well with like coming in. I just have a general idea. Let's improvise it. And then, then we'll figure out how it works. But then other people's brains work so much better of like, I have the idea for the scene and I'm just going to write it. Like I, I know how this should go. I know what the beats are. I know what the jokes I want to be. And sometimes that can be tricky where like, if you kind of know the idea of how you want the scene to go, then improvising, it doesn't really go well. Cause in your mind, you're like, no, 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 I, I, I want this to happen. You can't force people to improvise um, the idea that you want. So, um, that's what's kind of nice about sketch too, though, that, that especially with second city, you can do both. Like people can come in literally just like, Hey, I have no commitment to this or, you know, no stake in this. I just have this idea. I think it'd be fun. Let's all play with it. And then other people are like, I have this idea. Here's kind of where I want it to go. Can you guys help me improvise to get it there? Right. Or you can come in with straight up a script. Um, and you know, uh, throughout our process, when we were writing our shows, yeah. there were times that, we were given assignments to do any one of those specific things, or sometimes we'd just be like so exhausted and drained that we're like, I couldn't put words down today and I can't work them right now. So you guys do it. Right. Okay. So let's, so you mentioned the show. So let's talk about the show. So what was the process before getting the show, right? Like then you book the show and then oh, sure. you start, right? So like, what's that whole process like? Um, like the, the writing and rehearsal process. Or even work. before that, like how did you know you were going to be a part of a show? Oh man. Like how's um, all that? Yeah. So I, well, I went through the conservatory program and then, um, after that I got to do their house ensemble program, which meant like for a year, every Saturday you would do a, a show at the second city training center, right. which was really cool. And that was, a, and it was a similar thing to conservatory. It was like next, next level after conservatory where, uh, they're just focused more so on this one cast of eight people or so. And they teach you different long form styles. They teach you how to do genre. And, and then you go through a, a process where every single week you come in with scenes and you rehearse them before the show. And then you test them in front of an audience and then ultimately create a, a, a one act show uh, that then you get to run for a couple months. Uh, and this is open to public or this is just students? Yeah, open to public. I don't know how many of the public came inside, but it was open to the public. Oh, nice. So I got to do that. And then after I finished that show, I got to audition for a cruise ship because Second City used yeah. to have a contract with Norwegian Cruise Line. Okay. So I uh, auditioned for that and I got to do the cruise ship. 
And that was like four months living on a cruise ship doing sketch and short form improv. Oh my God. Amazing. So what was that like? It was so fun. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I I feel like if you talk to people who did cruise ships, there, there are basically two answers. Either like I had a great time. It was super fun. I lived in, you know, the Caribbean and, you know, it was stressful at times and it was frustrating for a little bit, but overall it was cool. Or people who were just like, the moment I got on that ship, it was the worst experience of my life. Um, I mean, that's so funny because I love cruises. Like anytime I'm like with my family, I'm like, what do you guys want to do for fish? I was like, can we do a cruise? Like, why don't we go on a cruise? Oh, really? Yeah, I love cruises, but you know, it's so funny because for the longest time when I was figuring out, did I want to go the theater route or did I want to like really focus on film and TV? I was like, I was taking these classes and they're like, you know, you can do a cruise ship or you can do regional theater and then this. And I was like, wait a second. Yeah. So I got to either go on a bus with a bunch of people or be stuck on a ship. Unless yeah. I book Broadway, like that's the only way to like kind of get there. And I was like, yeah. I'm not down to be on a ship for a whole year. And like, it's I'm not like, wild. I'm like such a kind of introvert that like I need my space and like my own yeah. life to kind of like be with people that long. I'm just like, I start hating everyone. So I'm like, I just, I can't, I can't be it's, with people that long. It is hard. Cause, cause even we were in like good living situations and those were tiny and and you didn't really have your own space much so yeah it's it, it can be maddening for sure uh it was, yeah. you have to like have a roommate and all of that yeah had to have a roommate but we also like um there would be one room that could that was a single room that you could live in there alone but it was like it, it was the size of a twin size bed and that was oh it gosh. like there was no space in there at all so it's not like you had your own space, but it almost felt like solitary confinement. <laughs> right. But you enjoyed uh, your trip. You, so what was that like for you? Like what? I, I really did. Cause, cause it, as, as annoying and crappy as the living quarters were ours, first of all, were way better than so many of the crew members. So like you yeah. have to, you have to keep yourself in check where you're like, stop complaining. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, we say like the entertainers have it the best because yeah. like, you guys are like, do your stuff at night or whatever. And then you still get to enjoy like the ports and. Yeah. So that was, that's what made it great that like we could get off the ship. We could go to these beautiful islands and go zip lining or go, you know, (laughs) freaking go to senior frogs and drink all day. Where did you guys go? Like what were your ports? My first ship, we ported out of uh, New Orleans and then went down into the Caribbean and Mexico Nice. And then um, my second, or and then the second half of that, we ported uh, out of Boston and went to Bermuda, and we stayed oh. overnight in Bermuda for like three days. Oh, that's awesome! Um, so that was so nice that like at two in the morning, you could just get off the ship and just yeah. go walk around. Yeah, I love those cruises uh, that they like dog, and you can like see it, and then just gotta go to bed, and you go back on the ship. And- yeah, yeah, that's it was awesome. great. And that's then my awesome. second ship, um, I did two of them. I did, I did two, and. Uh, the second one ported out of New York and then went to Puerto Rico um, wow. and the Caribbean as well. So would you do another cruise ship? I would. I, you would, I Honestly, wow. I would. Just because like, A, it paid. And so right. like- And you're you, saving. You're, you're saving money because you don't, I, you know, unless you're keeping your apartment back on land, then like, yeah. you don't, your expenses are nothing. <laughs> like, Covered. Your ex- our, your expenses are whatever $18 cocktails you buy in the island, but like, right. fine, that, that's okay. That's awesome. Uh, so I would do that, but uh, yeah, I need sunscreen before I do it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Oh my so gosh. Then, so, then you did, so then you did the cruises and then, mm-hmm. so then you came back and is that when you auditioned for the show um, that you were in or? 
when I came back from the cruises, um, I was, uh, I got to be an understudy for the touring company. Second city has three different touring company casts that travel all over the country or, or stay in Chicago and perform shows. And that was what I wanted to do. That was like, when I was in high school, I saw a show at second city and I thought it was the coolest thing. And I thought it was so fun. But, you know, I was like 17 years old and I watched it and I was like, okay, so those are like movie stars on their day off or something. Like, I didn't think that it was like a job that people could get. Um, So when I was in college, I did stand up. um, You did? Yeah, I did. Oh my God, it's one of the questions from social media. Have you ever tried stand up? Oh, for real? Yeah. I I used to do stand up and I I really loved doing it. uh, And I really thought that that's what I was going to do. But... um, and the reason I wanted to do it is because like standups get to travel and like tour yeah. all over the country. And I was like, that's what I would, I went to college 20 minutes away from my hometown. I was like, I got to go places. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to see the world. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to, you know, the, you know, the white Sox weren't calling. <laughs> so my, <laughs> my sports career didn't really take off. So, hilarious. Uh, so I was like, Oh, I could be a, a comedian and I could travel all over. And I very quickly realized, like, this stand-up community and um, that vibe just isn't for me. Um, I just had more fun with improv, so... I, it's like I, more of a family, too. Yeah, it just felt more collaborative. It, I, I really liked that. Um, that process. Yeah. So I, I, I stuck with improv instead. And so that, that's why when I heard that Second City had a touring company, I was like, that's, the, that's cool. And I could yeah. get that. Like, that job is possible to get. Because I didn't think getting on a stage was logistically or, or reasonably possible. Are you saying you were uh, understudy for these cast members and these touring yes. companies? Okay. Yeah. So the, and so where'd you guys a, go? Oh, man, all over the country. So uh, as an understudy, you just stay in Chicago, and then oh. they, maybe, they maybe email you and be like, hey, there's a show at Second City, and you're just going to go in, or like you're going to Nashville, or you're going to, you know, wherever – Michigan. Well, that's kind of nice because you're not just kind of like, I guess like for me, the biggest thing with understudy, I had this like altercation in college once where I was a senior and I was like pretty much the politics of my conservatory program was like your first two years, you do a lot of like the bitch work, you know, you do the costumes, you do this. And then the second two years, like you got the main stage, you're like the star and all of like the first, you know, the sophomores and freshmen kind of just like do everything for you. So you're kind of guaranteed like a spot on these main stages. And my senior year, the first show that came out, I hadn't been on anything. The first show that came out, they understudied me to a junior. And I was so mad. I was like, dude, I'm a senior and this girl's a junior and I'm getting understudied. I was like, furious. I was like, I refuse to do this. No. And it was like, it, it was kind of an ego, but it wasn't. It was just like, how do you expect me to go out into the world as like I'm graduating next year and you're not even letting me play in my own conservatory program. And I've done the understudy, like I've done all of that as a yeah. freshman and sophomore and junior. And now I'm right. a senior and you're understudying me on like the first show that comes out, which is kind of like the bigger yeah. show. Um, and I just wanted like a role. I wanted to play. So I guess, right. I don't know. So I think it's nice. I think I felt like my time wasn't being valued because they still wanted you to come to all the rehearsals and stuff like that. And it took a lot of time. Like you couldn't have a job if you were in a show which I had no problem doing if I'm in a show, but if I'm understudying this girl, like I'm not even getting the chance to like perform when I'm in the rehearsal, I'm just sitting in a corner. 
you know, it's like a five hour rehearsal. Like, you know, I'm going to school full time yeah. and I'm just sitting in class. Like I need a job, you know? So yeah. Oh, so you couldn't have a job even as an understudy. Oh no, you couldn't have a job. Damn. You couldn't have a job in my conservatory at all. Like, so Jeez. it was just like, you were there from morning till night, like 10 o'clock yeah. you got there at eight in the morning. It was just a lot. So oh my I was like, no, I'm not, I refuse. I'm an adult now. Like I have things to pay for. If I'm not getting good. a part, like totally, I'm good with it. I'm not hurt about it, but I refuse to be an understudy. And they were yeah. like, you're such a diva. I was like, all right, call me as you want, but I'm not doing this. But whatever. So, but that's really nice that you were able to be an understudy and not have to be like there and, you know, kind of like doing nothing, I feel. Yeah. Which is yeah. Nice. It, it's, uh, yeah, you don't have to like follow them around or go to all their rehearsals or anything. But um, on the note of like, can you have a job is tricky too, because okay. like you it's not like every single month they request your availability or anything like that. It's just kind of like they might email you and say like, Hey, in two weeks, uh, we need you to do the show. And it's going to be on a Thursday in the middle of the day right. in another state. So like you can't really maintain a nine to five job with that. Right. Um, they need you. They need you. And yeah. And so I, I wanted the job so badly that I was like, I will be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I will do nothing. Um, and then you quickly realize like, oh, food costs money. Uh, so I, I like found odd jobs that kind of like let me, let me make my own hours. Um, I like get, I worked for a company uh, called Museum Hack, which is actually is based in New York. And so okay. we gave tours at the Art Institute of Chicago. Uh, that is super cool. Which was super fun. So like just finding those odd jobs uh, that allowed me to like make some money but not have to be at a, a desk or at a consistent place every single day of the week. Um, so I have a question about, in, I mean, being an understudy for a sketch because the show that when I went to go see your guy's show, um, mm -hmm. one of the girls I think was an understudy. She, she was oh, okay. filling in. I think she oh, was okay. filling in because we got a little paper yeah. saying that she was filling in for one of the cast members. So how does she do that? Like I, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, did she have to like learn the whole thing? Like what's that process of yeah. like stepping in for somebody? Yeah. So, uh, and it's different for the touring company and for the, the stages in the shows. Yeah. Cause like the touring company, you, uh, you get a script or, or, you know, they say you're understudying this person. Here are all the scenes. Here are the videos. So you can watch the scenes, hear the scripts. Wow read these, memorize these, come in, we'll do a rehearsal for you. And then you're going to go in, do the show once and then that's it. Right. And for, for the stages, it's the same thing, but like uh, the stage will always have the same list of scenes because the show doesn't change for right. the whole time that it's running. But with a touring company, you could understudy one person in March and learn all those scenes. And then you could understudy them again in August and there could be 10 different scenes like it may not be the same stuff because they're constantly so, changing their shows uh, yes. with the audiences and learning the feedback and yeah and and because they go on the road and they're like required to do different scenes at different places so wow. uh it becomes it's tricky as a as a touring company understudy uh and it's so short notice but um yeah literally like you said you have to you have to memorize all the lines you have to learn all the scenes you have to know the blocking you have to know the choreography you have to know which doors to enter, what chairs yeah. to put. Like there's so many moving parts yeah. that you don't expect until someone's like, here's what you have to learn. And you're like, hang on. <laughs> right. And I think Broadway kind of works that way where they're like, oh, I'm a swing. I'm this track. I'm this track. Or like, 
I know yes. they have that language. How do people do that? I, I know so little about Broadway. My girlfriend does real acting and, and mm-hmm. theater and uh, she lived in New York and she's here right now. But so she understands Broadway so much more than me. And she's like, oh, this person's a swing for, for this. And I'm like, wait, so right now they're doing that part, but tomorrow they may have to, how, how do you keep that in your brain? Like, I know. That's wild. Know. It's a it's bunch so of impressive. like, and it's like interesting because I know like they could be like swing one or like A, B, C, track this, that. And then like, I think the day of they come in and they tell you what you're playing. They'll be like, you oh, you're doing swing. You're doing this. What? You're doing that. Yeah. I'm pr- I mean, again, Dang. I've never done Broadway, so I could be completely wrong, but okay. I'm pretty sure like from the language I've heard and understood when I was oh more gosh. in the theater stuff and I have friends that are on Broadway and they talk about like, oh, I'm an understudy for this, but then, you know. Right. So that's insane. That's so let's so talk, much. That's so let's intense. talk about um, the show. Like, like, so when you fi- found out that you were going to be on the show, uh, that you were going to yeah. have a show, mm-hmm. what, like, what was the process of getting that first off? And then what was the process of like creating the show and stuff like that? Um, I was, so after I understudied for the touring company, I got to tour full time uh, mm-hmm. for, for a little over a year and I loved it. And then while oh, okay, I was doing cool. that, I was an understudy for a cast member who was on the ETC stage um, for two shows. So um, if he was ever sick or out of town or whatever, I would be one of the people who they might request to go in and fill in for him. And so um, while he was doing his second show, he uh, got hired to write for SNL. So oh my God, uh, amazing. They, yeah, so cool. Um, they invited me to... Uh, to, to replace him once he got hired to, to like finish out the rest of the run, um, which was wild. And it was really cool. And, and so they, you know, they hired me being very clear of like, Hey, you're going to finish this run. We don't, we don't have any information. We're not going to make any promises about the next show, whether or not you can do it. So I went in there with the mindset of like, cool, I'm going to get to do this for four months. And then they're going to say goodbye. (laughs) And then they're going to be like, you're done. Thanks. That's, That's all we wanted. So um, I was really nervous and, and eventually found out that they, uh, come January of, of 2019, they invited me to join the cast and uh, start writing this new show, which was really exciting. And, and, yeah. uh, Amazing and show. Incredible. Like, I Thank felt you. like I was so moved by your guys' show, first off. Like, I loved the ending. Like, made me feel like it was like Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, it was like, holy crap. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Because, well, I saw Devin Henson and I, and when you guys did your last number, I was like, it, it kind of had the same vibe of like, this is mental health. You're not alone. Mm. And that's yeah. kind of how Dear Evan Hansen made me feel was like, we all have these thoughts. We all feel like this. You're not yeah. alone. And I think like, that's my favorite message. Like that's the message of my podcast. That's like, that feeling of like, let's share, let's bring light to the world. You're not alone is like everything to me. So when I saw you guys like kind of lining up at the end, kind of like rentish, you know, yeah, I was like, I know, oh, right? this, this is, is like Dear Evan Hansen. I was like, this. Yeah. What if I was like, when you guys were done, I was like, that was so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Uh, and well, you were in the show too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you we guys need to address this. Well, that's we need- so funny because my boyfriend, we were, um, he kept saying the whole night. If anyone gets called up, um, mm. I think he's like, don't let me go. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to uh-huh. go. I don't want to uh-huh. go. Because we were going to sit towards the front. And then I was right. like, I'll, I want to go. I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been taking classes at I.O. Right. And so um, 
you picked our right. um, and she was like, no, 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 I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Uh, <laughs> but did you guys have to have a girl? Yes. Yeah, so that's I, funny. I, I have to. So I was the one that picked you. Yeah. Uh, or or I tried to pick someone and then was rejected. <laughs> tried to pick um, her. And then my yes. boyfriend was like, he's like, I was going to go. But I was like, but I think they needed a girl. Because I think yes. that's when I said me, you were like, okay, come. And because my boyfriend was like, I kind of wanted to go. I was like, but I think it was planted that I need to be a female. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that happens every so often that people are just like, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. And so I was so grateful when you're like, you were like halfway standing up. You're like, I'm already, <laughs> I'm going. Why are you even I'm asking? Picked. I'm doing this. And it I've was never so, been picked for anything. You were so fun. It was great. It was very fun. Um, yeah, that, that part's always always a blast. And truly because, you know, we have to pick these people and you don't want to pick anyone that's going to A, say no, or um, be a jerk or, or miserable up on stage. So you're kind of like watching during the show. Oh, are you? Um, yeah, because at this point we know our lines, so we're not like yeah. trying to remember them. So we're just kind of on autopilot sometimes, just like, all right, who's up there? <laughs> who's up there? Yeah, that's uh, So we're a- looking for people who are having fun. That's awesome. I had a one person show that I had to do with my conservatory mm-hmm. and it was a one person show. So we only went up twice, but I had two jokes planted, like a couple of, essentially the story is that this, it's this girl that she su- she suffers from anxiety and she goes to this therapist's office and um, the, she gets there late and she can't get inside. And so um, she's like, why are all these people here? And she's like, are you guys all waiting for like to see the therapist too? And, um, so she essentially starts talking to the audience about her problems because, you know, the therapist isn't there. So I had a couple of like jokes and I was like, why are you here? Oh my God. Don't tell me like you guys are getting a divorce. I hate divorce. It's like, why are you getting, why can't we make this work? You know? (laughs) And like, what's your name? And then like, it's funny because when I wrote it, I was like, he will say his name is Bob. And the first night he's like, Bob. And I was like, I was like, Bob. I already know what to like, say to you, Bob. I'm ready. Yeah. One of the nights, it was like perfect because they were husband and wife. But one of the nights, I picked the audience member and I was like, is this your wife? He's like, it's my daughter. I'm like, why are you guys getting a divorce? <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, it was still perfect. worked because it was yeah. like, she was so neurotic that it was yeah. like hilarious. But that's so, so fun. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, uh, oh. so yeah. So like the whole process or whatever, how we were talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like um, so we, uh, in January, once, once the whole cast was picked, um, went into w- what's literally called, you nailed it, it's called process. Um, and it's like a 10 to 12 week long, uh, uh, rehearsal process and writing process where, uh, we, we're very fortunate with our schedule that it's a little bit more forgiving. So on Wednesdays, Thursdays, uh, Saturdays and Sundays, uh, we would be there during the day and we would write and we'd rehearse and we would pitch things and we'd come in with scenes like we were talking about before, whether it's improvised or, or scripted. Um, and then we would also just like talk about um, what we wanted our show to be. And we talked big picture and we started to pick out themes that we were noticing from a lot of our pitches and scenes that we were coming up with. And on days that we also had shows, we would be we'd rehearse during the day for, you know, four plus hours and then do the show with some of those new scenes put in for like the first time ever. Um, so it was a lot of like, uh, it was very chaotic and hectic, but like in a really cool, exciting way, like as corny as it sounds, it was like, it was like being on a roller coaster (laughs) where, where like, you know, you're, you're good. Uh, 
you have these scenes of like you're scrambling backstage looking at the script right before you have to walk on. You're like, oh shit, I don't, I don't know if I remember this at all. And then you just have to go out there and you're just like, we'll see. We'll just, we'll see how this goes. And, right. um, and it was very fun, but it was also like so mentally draining. <laughs> like, I can imagine. It was really, it was, yeah. It, and I think for me, it was different for everybody. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't speak as a whole, but I, I think generally a second city writing process is pretty draining for people. Um, and I put so much pressure on myself that that made it even worse. Like, because I, I treated this, the, the job is like such a illustrious, amazing, impossible to achieve thing that like the fact that I got to do it, I was like, okay, from day one, every single thing that I do and that I bring in has to be the best, has to be the smartest, funniest, most perfect ever. And boy, what a great way to set yourself up for failure. <laughs> like, if, to put, your, put the pressure on yourself of everything has to be perfect is a great way for nothing to be perfect. Right, of course. That's so interesting you say that because I was listening to, I first off just started watching 30 Rock. Because oh, okay. I just recently started watching it and reading Tina's book and just found out who Laurie Michaels is. And I'm just like learning all these great things and I'm so oh, excited, wow. you know? And, um, but I was listening to her talk about like what it was like working on SNL. And I've read some of Amy's book and, you know, her talking okay. about that process. And they, they say that it's kind of similar. It's like the most mentally exhausting thing. Like people don't realize how much yeah. work goes into SNL and, you know, she was talking about, because um, I was watching the special with David, Letter David Letterman and Tina Fey and oh yeah, kind of asking her like, oh, was 30 Rock kind of like your life? And she was like, well, I mean, I have a successful marriage, so not that part. But yeah, I mean, she's like, and then she's like, I would never, you know, go work for SNL right now because I just don't think I have stamina. Like she's like, you're not only putting on a show, but then she was a part of the writer's room and she was up till two o'clock. And right. it seems like, it just seems like a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, one of the things that when you get into comedy or, or acting or anything like that, people who are so removed from it will be like, so you're going to do Second City or are you going to do SNL? And, yeah. And, you know, of course you're just like, yeah, that would be great. I, I would never say no to it, but also the, the closer you get to it or the closer you get to people who are a part of it or have experienced it, you learn a lot more about it and you're like, oh yeah, that does sound so draining. And it sounds right. like such a huge undertaking it's really hard right um so yeah it takes a, a specific type of person to do right. it and a lot yeah. of stamina like you said and a lot of and it's hard to i'm assuming, i mean i feel like yes and because you know you get to live in new york and you have a stable job and you know like you're an actor and you're a writer and oh, you're part of yeah. a community so like all of those amazing things and you're performing and it's you still like for me i was always like when I was a little girl, my, my grandfather asked me like, what do you want to be? And I was like proclaiming it from the rooftops. Like I'm going to be a famous actress one day. Like uh -huh. I already know, like God would tell me, I was such a drama queen. I was like, God told me I'm going to be a famous actress one day. And my grandfather was like, well, what kind of actress? I was like, comedy, like comedy actress. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. And, um, oh, I needed that confidence. Good for you. <laughs> I know. I, well, it was like this, like sometimes people talk about that. Like some entrepreneurs talk about like this innocent, confidence that they had which like they look back and they're like why'd you have that yeah. it's because my mom when I was a little girl told me like I spoke with a fortune teller and she told me you're going to be a very successful actress so uh -huh. I was like done so I would <laughs> no, I and people would be like one in a million honey one in a million and I was like my mom told me it's me <laughs> but, like, so 
Yeah. <laughs> but it was great because it got me through like, like my conservatory was like one of the darkest four years of my life because it was just mm. so, it really put me to the test and I'm so grateful for it. But if I didn't have that, like, I know I'm going to be somebody, I know this is for me. Or even now, like the grind in New York, it's tough, you know, the rejection yeah. and the work and the this and like being away from my partner and, you know, having to live with my grandma and like, it's tedious and putting yourself out there and like all yeah. of that, you know, oh my gosh. have that, you, how would you expect yourself to like, you have to have some sort of belief that like it's possible. If not, there's no way you can do this. It's not. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Talking I, to like, five is so much easier. Yeah, it is. But it's, and it's also, it's nice to have that consistency of a, of a nine to five. And, and I worked, you know, I worked a real job for the yeah. first several years that I was here. So it was nice having that consistency, but also like, if you don't really love it, then yeah. it's hard. It's hard to maintain it. And so you know, so many people don't love doing their jobs. So I'd rather do, uh, I'd, I'd rather like really struggle and have a hard time oh, doing sure. something that I super love. Um, of course. And then you have is, that love too. Like, you know, you, you, in, uh, like how they say like, Oh, if you love what you do, you'll never work. Like it's fun. At the end of the day, you get to go home. And it's like, oh my God, that was so much fun. Did you have fun? Yeah. Have fun, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days that like going to do our show will feel like work where like the audience yeah. isn't super into it or, or we're off rhythm and like, and it feels hard and it's not the best ever. But then like, I, w whenever I come home from those days, my girlfriend, I'm like, Oh, how was the show? How'd it go? Sometimes I'll be like, ah, it didn't feel great tonight. And then, I, and then I'm like, what, what am I complaining about? Like, yeah. this is still really cool. Right. Uh, well, cause so you have a good perspective and that's great. Cause that means that you're still, grateful not everybody's grateful for that but that's that's really great to well, have I'm just that i'm just terrified of being fired so. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening right now i love my job please i'm very happy there and i support the building so when i went to go see your guys show you guys got a suggestion of porn that was oh, your guys suggestion boy were you there last night because we got that one too again uh, so what yeah. are some of those weird suggestions like what do you what happens like what do you guys think when that happens with porn we get it we get porn so much and like truly, really we get it a bunch and like it's it's just so like it almost consistently shouted by like a drunk white man and <laughs> porn! and truly it's just because he he wants to be funny he wants to show off in front of his buddies or Friends, his girlfriend yeah. or whoever like i get it but but it's also like Really? If you want to be funny, don't come to a show to watch people be funny because that's right. that's a different thing. Well, I thought um, it was so awesome that you guys went with it because I was like, for sure they're not going to go with it. But then you guys did. I was like, wow, that was really awesome. Oh, did guys, we take it really? Yeah, you guys took it and, and it was hilarious. And I was like, good for them. They like yeah. really played with this. But do you guys yeah. get uh, weird? Well, honestly, honestly, for that particular part, we get the same like five suggestions where really? where we ask for because we ask for a genre. Of film or TV, and people don't know many. Like, we'll get horror, we get sci-fi, um, we get rom-com. We get like the same four right. pretty much every single time. Every so often, someone will throw in like Keanu Reeves, and we're like <laughs> Keanu Reeves films, and we're like, not a genre, but hell yeah, we're gonna do it. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's a blast, and that's so right. different and weird. Um, right. uh, yeah, but like weird suggestions that we get. I love weird suggestions. I'd rather get a suggestion, like a non-dirty one. Like yeah. porn, porn I don't consider a weird suggestion. Porn I consider like so cliche. Right, um, like you would be surprised how many people actually say this, right? Yes, but like 
you know, well, if we get a suggestion of a relationship and, and people shout like frenemies or something like that, we, we kind of get that one a decent amount, but I'm like, that's more interesting to me than cousins. Like, what do you want to see with cousins, you guys? <laughs> like, no one has an interesting cousin relationship. Um, I think people just get excited to say something. Like yes. when I'm in the audience, I'm like, say something funny. Yeah. Like it's like <laughs> pressure. It's like, hurry up. And I just whenever, like say the random thing. Which is great. That's like, please do that. Whenever my dad comes to see shows, he loves giving suggestions. My dad, oh, if, if Jim Campbell's in the audience, you're going to get a, a fun animal suggestion. I guarantee it. That is so um, funny. Which, like, I don't really care. Because I, I, he's giving us suggestions different than other things. So, like, right. we ask for, you know, a, a relationship. He'll be like, meerkat and trainer. <laughs> and we're like, cool. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, getting, getting fun suggestions is, is going to be more fun for everybody overall. Right. But also, I do realize that that's a lot of pressure to put on the audience. They don't know what we get all the time, and, the, right. and they don't know what qualifies as, as fun or as cliche. Um, so, if anyone's listening, porn is cliche. <laughs> Please stop doing it's, uh, it. It's very uh, done often. Yes, dildo is not funny. You, it's funny. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing funny about dildo. Neither is prostitute. You, you guys don't... You're not going to... Get it's what like you immature want. jokes. It's- yeah, what they think they want, they really don't want it. Because honestly, if the suggestion is dildo, and then we do a scene acting out using a dildo, they're not gonna like it. <laughs> like oh they, my goodness. they won't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So are you still doing the show right now? Yes. Yeah, we okay. have two shows tonight. Oh wow! Amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about this. So. Um, one of our, our people on social media wanted to ask you, well, okay. What is her think, name? Can I ask her um, name? Or is this private? Miss, is this like no. further? Sure. I'm sure she would love a, a, a shout out. Her name is Carolyn Kegel. Hi, Carolyn. Wants, you know, hi, Carolyn. She wants to know what, uh, why do you think improv is great for actors? Like, why do you feel like, um, she's, she's actually does, um, more like Shakespeare and theater and things like that, which Dang, is cool. Okay. Cause we got to talk she's about like, the Shakespeare. Yeah. She, she went to <laughs> Lambda. She has a master's. Holy crap. Um, I should yeah. be asking her question. Yeah, what? I know. Right. <laughs> I know. Um, but so why, maybe she hasn't really dabbled in her. Maybe she has, I'm not sure, but why do you think it probably is great? And, uh, why would you recommend it for her? I think, um, uh, so again, I'm not a like experienced uh, actor <laughs> so so maybe i'm you're hilarious amazing um thank you i um <laughs> but in terms of like real performance acting uh i i think improv is is helpful because the most important thing for improv uh is listening that like you truly listen to what what your scene partner or scene partners are saying and and truly hear them and and act and react based on that um trying to be funny isn't helpful, but like okay. hearing someone and then reacting accordingly is, is very funny. Um, it's truthful, right? Yeah. Because like, cause then you can play up that emotion and that honest reaction as high as you want, much higher than you would in real life. So that's where the comedy comes in. But I, uh, from what I would imagine for, for realizing, um, listening, uh, truly listening and reacting as if you're truly hearing what your scene partner is telling you is going to provide for a, a better scene and, and uh, better acting. 
and more believable acting. Um, so I, I think that w is very helpful, but then also just like improv keeps you on your toes. Cause like you, when you're getting direction, whether it's on a film set or, or, uh, in, in a live theater setting, like you may get direction, things suddenly may be very different than you expected or than you prepared mentally. Someone may ask something of you that you weren't ready to do and, and improv allows you to quickly on a dime switch. Absolutely. Yeah, and like even for theater actors, right? Like improv's so good because if you do go up on a line or if you're yeah. like, oh my God, like I, you can still kind of play with it and things like that and kind of create this thing and, and it's so yeah. interesting because when I was back and when I was doing Chicago and I was doing IO, I, I, I work on the business side of things of, of acting. I help actors like this is one of my clients actually that asked this question, but I work oh, with actors cool. like figure out their brand, their type, like how to market them, like who's your best sales team, like things like that, kind of helping them strategize. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's really helped me in my career. But um, so I think it was so nice, like being in class. And when I was took the, the test drive with Maggie, she, mm -hmm. she asked us like, Oh, what was your favorite thing? And I was like, I loved listening. Like I genuinely in love. I genuinely love hearing what my partner is going to say. Mm -hmm. What are, what are your ideas? Like, what are we going to do here? Like, I trust that we're going to have so much fun. And I think the cool thing about improv is that I think someone, I can't remember who said this, but it was like your job as an improviser is to help the other person essentially look good. And, oh, and yeah. there are some people that are like, like you said, like just try to be funny but yeah. I think like if you're just having that honest behavior and like you're making sure like, hey, are you looking at me? Like, are we good? Like, are we good? Like, what do you, you know, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so fun. Like, you're just like, you're there together and it just. Oh, it's a blast. Yeah. When, when you're like really gelling or clicking and on the same rhythm with another person in improv scene is so fun. It feels yeah. very free. It's very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. um. Robert wanted to ask you, have Hi, you ever Robert. considered, Hi Rob, Rob's my boyfriend actually. So have you ever oh, considered okay. stand-up, which we kind of talked about a little bit. Yes. Um, but I don't know, um, do you consider continue doing stand-up or? I, maybe at some point I would, like, um, uh, I have a lot of friends who have moved on from improv to focus more on stand-up okay. um, and, and they found so much joy in it and, and they really love it and they've found a, a community and a career from it. Um, so I do find that appealing because I also just love like the art and process of writing jokes. I think that's so satisfying. Um, so, uh, you know, ultimately when Second City fires me <laughs> or, or when, you know, I move on and then, and then I'm an unemployed actor oh my God. Um, and, and still want to do comedy in some way, then stand up is a great way to do that. So it's totally possible that I would uh, try it again, but it's been right. so long. I think I haven't done it in like six or seven years. It's wow. been a really long time. Wow. Yeah. So I want to ask you this. What is the goal that you're working on, right? Like what's, what's something that you're chasing right now? Do, like, do you want SNL? Do you want, like, what's that thing that you're like, I really want to get there. Really yeah. You know? um, I, like, uh, I, I would never say no to SNL. I, right. Like, even after learning all, all the stress and all the horror of it, like, uh, that's, that's okay. Cause I think that, I, I think it would be cool to work there and I, uh, and I really respect what they do. Um, yeah. I also have recently discovered, uh, a lot of respect and interest in, in late night. I think that that's yeah. an amazing process. Like going to watch the taping of those shows. The very first time I saw one of those, I saw Seth Meyers 
like this is a machine and it's so cool yeah like that it's so well oiled and so to the minute and and it's so last minute too that like things are changing very suddenly and and they wrote it all just a few hours ago i think it's so fascinating um i can see that for you so writing for a late night show is very interesting or being involved in a late night show i think is really cool I think the best job in the world is Key and Peele. What those guys did yeah. with that show is the best thing and would be the, the ultimate dream job of like wow. you and your best friend get to do a sketch show <laughs> like where yeah. you get to write whatever you want uh, with, with a budget so you can do, yeah. you can like fully produce it. I, I, that is like amazing. That's the coolest thing. Well, ever. I think the coolest thing about sketch and I guess why even just this conversation has really fueled me to want to be like, I kind of want to head more into that direction. I think as actors, and especially in film and TV, we don't often get to tell the stories that we're passionate about. We're kind of Mm -hmm. like, I want to be a part of your story. And can you let me be part of your story? And it's everybody has like this cool club and you're not allowed Mm -hmm. in it until, you know, you kind of are allowed into it. And it's kind Mm of political and there's like so much to it. And you're kind of just waiting for that green light. But I feel like I've always kind of told people like, write your own content, like, you know, get out there and do your own thing. And, you know, like let that momentum like really fuel you. And then you kind of have your own people and then you guys make your own movies. And I kind of tried to advise myself the same thing. I was like, I'm really going to get into film writing and I'm going to take master classes. And I was like learning from like Foster, and I was like taking all these notes. But then she was like, you know, you're going to know the story you want to tell when you can't, when you just wake up and that's what you want to do and you're obsessed with it. And I was like, I don't have that. Like I have that with acting. Right. You know, like I have that yes. with acting. I'm like, I just want to get up there and I want to act, but I didn't have that with like being a filmmaker. Yeah. But sketch for me seems so different because I'm like, I do, I want to be a part of a writer's room. I, I, yeah. I like writing. I enjoy writing, but I need a collaborative process. I need to do Same. it with people. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, I, my one person show, I would write, but then I would bring it to somebody and they would edit and they would do stuff. So it was kind of like that. So I guess I feel like, that kind of inspired me a little bit to kind of want yeah. to pursue that more like sketch area. That's great. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And writing collaboratively. I, I totally agree. It's just like a, a super rewarding and just feels easier too. Right. Super yeah. cool. Okay. So what is your advice to younger self? To my younger self? Yeah. Um, oh man. So many things. <laughs> uh, uh, how young? How young are we talking here? Who's the one you have to talk to? Um, I I think I need to talk to like uh like uh high school high school and in college mark of just like you don't want to be an English teacher. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop stop pretending like you want to be a high school English teacher. You don't. Um right. uh n- no, no I'm not knocking on teachers. Teachers are amazing, we should pay them more. going on the record um but i i was very much like too scared to admit and and really talk about the fact that i wanted to pursue a career in in comedy um i had i there was a lot of shame for me associated with that i I felt like uh that seemed like a very egocentric career and uh you know that i wanted the attention and and the expectations around that and and it wasn't like a real or, you know, a quote unquote real or like a normal job. So right. uh, there was just a lot of shame that no one at all 
placed on me, but just that I created for myself. Uh, so I just kind of fell back on, on the idea of being a high school English teacher because I had very great influential teachers. Um, yeah. but, but I needed to, and then truly my college English uh, professor who was my advisor at one point was just like, do you really want to do this? And I was like, <laughs> no, not really. And she was like, good, stop. <laughs> like, wow. like a teacher told me to not be a teacher, which was pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah and I, that's interesting you say that because it's a real thing, that shame around wanting to be an artist. And there's, it's actually why I started this podcast because for so long I was like, you know, I'm very into like humanity and like, you know, like thinking of others and love. And mm -hmm. when I like pray or when I just like meditate, I'm like, why do I feel like I just want things? Like I'm praying to be a series regular, but I, what can, how do I serve the world? Like, what yeah. am I doing? You know, and is entertainment really going to serve and like storytelling. And I just feel like it is, that's a real thing. Like that is a shaming thing and it, and yeah. it is a normal thing. So many people feel that. And I think once you realize like what you are bringing to the table, like those stories, like I said, like how you guys made me feel like, that was like Dear Evan Hansen or watching you go through this panic attack with like this mental illness or like, Hey, those thoughts, I have those too. We all have those thoughts. It's like, right. it's this like, we're not alone bringing light, sh like sharing stories kind of thing that that's how you yeah. are serving the world. You're giving the world right. this entertainment and life is hard enough. Like you need to laugh sometimes you need to have yeah. something funny and yeah. And, and like, I think what's so, I mean, so great about this podcast that you do, or just like right now or the last five, 10 years as is that there's been so much more like open vocal support for like, if you want to be an artist, like be so proud that you want to be an artist yeah. where like when I was in high school, no, no one like crapped all over the idea, but, but it wasn't so much, there wasn't as much like beauty and support of art in the world. Like I didn't have right. Lin-Manuel Miranda being like, every morning is a beautiful day of sunshine and it's because you're alive. Like, uh, yeah. They're just amazing artists right now who are so vocal to support the arts. Um, yeah. Whereas when I was in high school, it was just like, isn't SNL funny? Like, yeah. and isn't, you know, Seth Rogen the funniest guy in the world? And right. you know, he, he made funny movies, but but it wasn't so much like, and you can do it too. <laughs> yeah, it was so like not tangible. It was so far away. Yeah. And that's, that's so interesting you say that because that, like I said, I did walk through the world with confidence as a little girl and mm -hmm. naively confident. Um, but I had gotten accepted to this like two week theater program um, where we got to go to the Tonys. And I've actually- oh, cool. Tonys like three years in a row. And Whoa. Yeah, and last year I got to sit next to next to Tina Fey and her husband for the Dang. for like an hour <laughs> and like she like looked at me I like saw her on her phone. like it was like we were chilling for like an hour <laughs> and that, just like that first time that I did the first springboard that I did there was you know Samuel Jackson's wife coming and and, and all of these like people that you've seen your whole life are coming yeah. and they're speaking with you like Lucy Liu had a full-on conversation with me Oh, cool. And it was like this, it wasn't an imposter syndrome, but it was like, how, they're like looking at me and it's invasive and like, you see yeah. me as a human. And it was like the weirdest feeling I had ever felt. Yeah, for know? sure. Yeah. But absolutely. I had never had that feeling before. But that okay, is, so wow. That's so really cool. Quick, because I don't want to take up all of your time, but I really uh. want to just quickly talk about two things. 
improv, Shakespeare, and yes, and then we could wrap it up with what happened with TJI Friday. <laughs> with TJI Fridays. Okay, awesome. We're recording. So first and foremost, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast, and I'm super thank excited you. to chat with you. Thank you for having me very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So we are just going to dive right into it. And um, I love to start with the beginning of, you know, your life, just so that way the audience and people listening can, even me, can get a, just kind of understand like who you are. So like, what were you like as a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up? And kind of like, what's your story from then to where you are today? Um, uh, let's see. When I was a kid four years ago, um, <laughs> I... I uh, I, I was apparently a very, like, uh, I was always a very goofy kid, so, I, so I've been told, and based on old photos, um, I was apparently one of those kids that, like, almost needed a leash. My parents <laughs> have told me that they almost had to put me on a leash, which, um, have you ever seen those? Like, yes, I they, have like, one. Have to attach you had one? Yeah, my parents put me on one. I was one of those kids, too. That's so comforting to know that, <laughs> that, okay, there are others out there and we turned out okay. Yeah, we're great. This is, okay, good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I always like being a little goofy kid. I like, um, I very much didn't want to go in. I didn't want to do any acting or anything like that. My, my parents, especially my dad, like really wanted me to, um, but I was too nervous and too scared. Um, but I was very like, uh, I don't know, performative, goofy type of kid. And my dad was like, why aren't you doing something? And I was like, because I like soccer. Um, uh, but then once I got into high school, uh, I was on the speech team, um, which is like competitive acting and public speaking, right. which is basically like the sexiest activity you could do <laughs> as a high schooler. Um, I like... I, I reached high school and everyone else was going through puberty and I hadn't yet. So I was like, sports are out. Cool. Uh, what am I going to do? And my brother did speech team. So uh, I did that and it was super fun. And that was the first time that I like started doing performance stuff willingly and really liking it. Um, and so I did events that like, there, there are like several different types of events that you could do. And, and I did only the comedic ones that like either you act out a short comedic scene from a play or you get to write your own thing and like perform all the characters. Um, so I did those and it was really fun and I loved doing it. And then uh, my high school team technically had an improv group, but was essentially just like, let's go play Mario Kart every Sunday <laughs> night. <laughs> like we didn't, we didn't like do improv. It's um, funny. But it was, it was a very good time. And then once I got to college, um, I started working at an improv theater that was literally like next door to my college. And this was um, in Chicago? This was in Naperville. Yeah. I went oh, okay. to, I, I grew up in the Western suburbs of Chicago and then, oh, okay. um, went to college in the Western suburbs of Chicago just to like get some more variety, you know, <laughs> just to like really mix it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, there was, there was that improv theater and, and they let me run lights and like sweep up after their shows, which was really, really nice. Right. Um, and then my college had like this late night improv program. Um, so I got to perform that or there and just like do crappy goof around improv with theater kids. And it was yeah. super fun. Nice. Uh, yeah. And that, then I heard about second city and I, I knew it always existed, but I didn't like know that it was a thing that I could try or, or, go to seriously um 
And so I started taking classes my senior year of college. And so I would, yeah, I started commuting from school to school. <laughs> nice. And so yeah. you just kind of, so your journey with Second City was that you kind of just kept taking class. Like, what was your first class? I never really, I did more like drop-in classes um, oh, cool. at I.O. when I went. And I did, yeah. like, I did like the test drive at uh, Second City. And then I did like more at I.O. I was like scared mm-hmm. to commit. Not scared because I was like, I was there for three months, but I was flying back and forth to New York and stuff. So I was like, I don't want to invest in a month class. And then if I have to go to New York for an audition or something, like it just, you know, I was like, I just, I I don't know if I can commit to this. Mm. Um, But the IO experience was so amazing because it was like, I did the 10,000 hours and I would do it. um, Yeah, I would do it um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it was $3 for like two hour class. Yeah, what? and it's it's a jam. It's literally a jam. You should go to it. It's so okay. fun. And you, I mean, I'm sure you get enough improv now, but it's so fun because it's just like, it's a drop-in class. You um, you pay the $3, you go in, and then you just play. And That's it was so fun. so fun. It was like free form. Like it was like long form, and then sometimes they would try different things, and you would just play games. And I was oh, like, yeah. Cool. And it was $3. I was like, I'm down to kind of just be like, do I want to do it today? Yes. And then it was just amazing it was amazing yeah. experience um what a good i've never heard of that program yeah it's probably just because i'm so removed from everything yeah. um but what a great idea that's so yeah fun. yeah and i think they said it started in the pit in new york where oh, they kind of okay. started seeing that like these people wanted to come and just jam kind of like a music jam but like improv and they just want to yeah. come and like play and you know some of them couldn't afford classes and stuff but they were like you know what why don't we create something so it's like ten thousand hours and yeah. you just come in, pay three bucks, and it's a donation. You don't even have to pay the three. Oh, that's But great. I would just always pay it because I'm like, come on, yeah, girl. Three like, bucks. You say, yeah, yeah, three yeah. bucks. Yeah, like, give to them. Um, and, yeah, and then you have, like, different teachers that come and coach. And um, and then, yeah, and then I saw some of them, like, all know each other because they're all, like, in the improv scene. And Yeah. Um, and then it was so cool. And then some of these people were in the actual program taking class and they would just come to the 10,000 hours. So I felt like I was in class because I was like kind of playing with the same people. And I think the hardest thing though, um, going to these classes was, you know, I'm an actress. I've done improv like when I was younger. Um, I was in an improv team in high school. I did like Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like improv Olympics. I did. Yeah. And then in college, I did a whole semester of improv. And then I hadn't taken any classes at UCB or anything, but coming into improv, I was like, all right, I kind of know it. But there was so much of a different language. Like they were saying like, oh, Harold or this or that. And I was like, yeah, oh shit. Like, I do not know what I'm getting into. I was so scared. I was like, wait, you guys are talking a whole other language. So I don't know. So I guess like kind of what was your journey? Um, Like starting out and, and all of that. Yeah. I, uh, I felt so similar that like, I, you know, I only knew short form and I only knew like whose lines in any way in that theater that I worked at in college was all short form. So that's what I knew. And I, and I loved it. Like I had, you know, people love to crap on short form, but yeah. I think it's really fun. Um, so that was all I knew. And so I came to, to Chicago in the first classes. I auditioned for the Second City Conservatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I didn't get it. No one, so few people like, Right. I feel like not everyone gets in the first time. Maybe I'm saying that to make myself feel better. I have okay, no whatever. You're on a show, uh, so I'm sure you're doing uh, great. Uh, but eventually, I, I got in and... Um, oh, you eventually the, got in? 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I got it. I got in. And so that was the, the class and the program that I did. And it was like a year long program or so. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a varying, uh, topics, you know, each level would be, you know, either like group based or, you know, every, every level would have different focuses, whether it's styles and genres or, or what have you. Um, but ultimately with the intention of writing a second city style one act sketch review. Um, so that was really exciting to me because I, I had done sketch before and, and, you know, in speech team, I got to write my own stuff. So I liked writing uh, comedy. So that was the most appealing to me. But while I was there, kind of like you mentioned, there was this other language that people were like, Oh, I'm at IO and I, you know, we're taking the Herald and we're doing blankety blank. And I was like, I have no idea what any of that means. I know. I, do, I did not understand. Um, but so after I finished it, the conservatory program, then I was like, okay, great. I should take IO. So I, I signed up for oh, those classes and did that full year long program as well. And so um, what would you say, I mean, I guess for people listening also, like what would you say is kind of the difference between IO and second city? Cause I know that one is long form, one is short form or is like one sketch, like, is it the process? Um, yeah, I think like, I don't know if second city, I, I haven't done the conservatory in a long time because I, I'm an old person, uh, uh, but um, they, they're both long form in terms of like the improv that you'll be doing, but Second City, at least when I went through it, was more with the intention of like, we're gonna teach you how to improvise longer scenes and two person scenes or, or things like that with the ultimate intention of like, now use these skills to improv, uh, to improvise scenes that could become sketched, to, right. to improvise so that you can then remember the scenes that you like and then re-improvise them and then write them down and make them sketch. Where IO was much more the focus of like, this is here for this brief moment and then it's gone. We're, right. we're here Just to like only improvise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, essentially yeah. it was, I mean, I know that Second City started with, what is her name? Um, Viola Spolin, right? Yeah, yeah. So then she, she created it and they were kind of like children games that ended up becoming... Right, that's kind of like the the idea, and then I'm yeah, assuming, so they were, yeah, they were like acting exercises that um, that that Viola Spolin had had used for for years, and then uh, when the Compass players who who were who who eventually then went on to start Second City uh, uh, used those exercises as theater students, mm-hmm. and then they're like, what if we use these as performance pieces? And then they kept evolving those performance pieces into the second city style improv, yeah. And I, what I thought was so interesting when I was taking class, I think it was, her name was Maggie. I think you follow her on Instagram. I, she was my teacher at Second City for the test drive. She writes Maggie, for The Onion and- um, Maggie Smith? I believe so. And she also does the, she does the comedy sports as well. Yes, oh my gosh, yeah, she's, she's so great. She was great, she was such a great teacher. And yes. so she, she under, she's kind of the one that was like answering all my questions because I was like, all right, I got a lot of questions, man. Yeah. And, um, she was telling me about like the process of sketch because I've always, you know, loved improv. And then they were telling me this concept of sketch and how kind of how you already explained is like you improvise, you like the ones you like, and then you mm-hmm. write it out and then you perform it. And then what works is kind of almost like, I guess, like a stand up routine. You kind of keep modifying. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So what is, what's that process like? Like I've never taken a sketch class. Like yeah. what is, I don't know. What's like sketch like? Sketch is so interesting because because some people do really well with like coming in. I just have a general idea. Let's improvise it and then 
then we'll figure out how it works. But then other people's brains work so much better of like, I have the idea for the scene and I'm just going to write it. Like I, I know how this should go. I know what the beats are. I know what the jokes I want to be. And sometimes that can be tricky where like, if you kind of know the idea of how you want the scene to go, then improvising, it doesn't really go well. Cause in your mind, you're like, no, 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 I, I, I want this to happen. And you can't force people to improvise um, the idea that you want. So um, that's, what's kind of nice about sketch too, though, that, that especially with second city, you can do both. Like people can come in literally just like, Hey, I have no commitment to this or, you know, no stake in this. I just have this idea. I think it'd be fun. Let's all play with it. And then other people are like, I have this idea. Here's kind of where I want it to go. Can you guys help me improvise to get it there? Right. Or you can come in with straight up a script. Um, and, you know, uh, throughout our process, when we were writing our shows, yeah. there were times that we were given assignments to do any one of those specific things. Or sometimes we'd just be like so exhausted and drained that we're like, I couldn't put words down today and I can't work them right now. So you guys do it. <laughs> Right. Okay. So let's, so you mentioned the show. So let's talk about the show. So what was the process before getting the show, right? Like then you book the show and then oh, sure. you start, right? So like, what's that whole process like? Um, like the, the writing and rehearsal process? Or even work? before that, like how did you know you were going to be a part of a show? Oh man. Like how's um, all that? Yeah. So I, well, I went through the conservatory program and then um, after that I got to do their house ensemble program, which meant like for a year, every Saturday, you would do a, a show at the Second City Training Center, right. which was really cool. And that was, a, and it was a similar thing to conservatory. It was like next, next level after conservatory where uh, they're just focused more so on this one cast of eight people or so. And they teach you different long form styles. They teach you how to do genre and uh, uh, yeah, play with styles and genres. And then you go through a, a process where every single week you come in with scenes and you rehearse them before the show and then you test them in front of an audience and then ultimately create a, a, a one act show uh, that then you get to run for a couple months. Uh, and this is open to public or this is just students? Yeah. Open to public. Oh. Um, you know, it, I, I don't know how many of the public came inside, but it was open to the public. Oh, nice. Um, so I got to do that. And then after, um, I finished that show. I got to audition for a cruise ship because Second City used yeah. to have a contract with Norwegian Cruise Line. Okay. Um, so I uh, auditioned for that and I got to do the cruise ship. And that was like four months living okay. on a cruise ship doing sketch and short form improv. Oh my God, amazing. So what was that like? It was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, I feel like if you talk to people who did cruise ships, you, they're, they're basically two answers. Either like, I had a great time. It was super fun. I lived in, you know, the yeah. Caribbean and, you know, it was stressful at times and it was frustrating for a little bit, but overall it was cool. Or yeah. people who were just like, the moment I got on that ship, it was the worst experience of my life. Um, I mean, that's so funny because I love cruises. Like anytime yeah. I'm like with my family, I'm like, what do you guys want to do for vacation? I was like, can we do a cruise? Like, why don't we go on a cruise? Oh, really? Yeah, I love cruises, but... You know, it's so funny because for the longest time when I was figuring out, did I want to go the theater route or did I want to like really focus on film and TV? I was like, mm. I was taking these classes and they're like, you know, you can do a cruise ship or you can do regional theater and then this. And I was like, wait a second. Yeah. So <laughs> I got to either go on a bus with a bunch of people or be stuck on a ship. Yeah. Unless I book Broadway, like that's the only way to like kind of get there. And I was like, yeah. I'm not down to be on a ship for a whole year. And like, it's I'm not wild. like, I'm like such a kind of introvert that like I need my space and like my own yeah. life. 
to kind of like be with people that long, I'm just like, I start hating everyone. So I'm like, I just, I can't, I can't be with people that long. It is hard. Cause, cause even we were in like good living situations and those were tiny and, and you didn't really have your own space much. So yeah, it's, it, it can be maddening for sure. Yeah. Uh, it, like, yeah. You have to like have a roommate and all of that. Yeah. Had to have a roommate, but we also like, um, there would be one room that could, that was a single room that you could live in there alone, but it was like, it, it was the size of a twin size bed and that was oh it. Like there was no space in there at all. So it's not like you had your own space, but it almost felt like solitary confinement. <laughs> right. But you enjoyed uh, your trip. You, so what was that like for you? Like what? I, I really did. Cause, cause as as annoying and crappy as the living quarters were ours first of all were way better than so many of the crew members so like you yeah. have to you have to keep yourself in check where you're like stop complaining you're fine yeah. <laughs> um we say like the entertainers have it the best because yeah. like you guys are like do your stuff at night or whatever and then you still get to enjoy like the ports and you know. yeah so that was that's what made it great that like we could get off the ship we could go to these beautiful islands and go zip lining or go yeah. you know freaking <laughs> go to senior frogs and drink all yeah. day like, where did you guys go like what were your ports my first ship we ported out of uh new orleans and then went down into the caribbean and mexico nice. and then um my second or and then the second half of that we ported uh out of boston and went to bermuda and we stayed oh. overnight in bermuda for like three days oh that's awesome. um so that was so nice that like at two in the morning you could just get off the ship and just yeah. go walk around yeah i love those cruises uh, that they like dog and you can like see it and then just got to go to bed and you go back on the ship yeah yeah it awesome. was great and that's then my awesome. second ship um i did two of them i did i did two and uh the second one ported out of new york and then went to puerto rico um wow. and the caribbean as well so would you do another cruise ship i would i, would, I wow. honestly i would just because like a it paid and so right. like and you're you, saving you're, you're saving money because you don't I, you know, unless you're keeping your apartment back on land, then like, yeah. you don't, your expenses are nothing. <laughs> like, your, are, your expenses are whatever $18 cocktails you buy in the island, but like, right. fine, that, that's okay. That's awesome. Uh, so I would do that, but uh, yeah, I need sunscreen before I do it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Oh, oh my so gosh. Then, so then you did, so then you did the cruises and then, mm-hmm. so then you came back and is that when you auditioned for... To show um, that you were in or when I came back from the cruises, um, I was uh I, I got to be an understudy for the touring company. Second City has okay. three different touring company casts that travel all over the country or, or wow. stay in Chicago and perform shows. And that was what I wanted to do. That was like when I was in high school, I saw a show at Second City and I thought it was the coolest thing and I thought yeah. it was so fun. But, you know, I was like 17 years old and I watched it and I was like, okay, so those are like movie stars on their day off or something. Like, I didn't right. think that it was like a job that people could get. Um, so when I was in college, I did stand up. Um, you did? Yeah. I did oh my God, that's up. one of the questions from social media. Have you ever tried stand up? Oh, for real? Yeah. I, I used to do stand up and I, uh, I really loved doing it. Uh, and I really thought that that's what I was going to do. But... Um, and the reason I wanted to do it is because like standups get to travel and like tour yeah. all over the country. And I was like, that's what I would, I went to college 20 minutes away from my hometown. I was like, I got to go places. Um, <laughs> I got to see the world. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to, you know, the, 
you know, the White Sox weren't calling. So <laughs> my, my sports career didn't really take off. So, hilarious. Uh, so I was like, oh, I could be a, a comedian and I could travel all over. And I very quickly realized like this stand-up community and um, that vibe just isn't for me. Right. Um, I just had more fun with improv. So I, it's like I, more of a family too. Yeah, it just felt more collaborative. It, I, I really like that. Um, that process. Yeah. So I, um, I, I stuck with improv instead. And so that, that's why when I heard that Second City had a touring company, I was like, that's, the, that's cool. And I could yeah. get that, like that job is possible to get. Because I didn't think getting on a stage was logistically or, or reasonably possible. Are you saying you were uh, understudy for these cast members and these touring yes. companies? Okay. Yeah. So the, and so where'd you guys a, go? Oh, man, all over the country. So uh, as an understudy, you just stay in Chicago, and then oh. they, maybe, they maybe email you and be like, hey, there's a show at Second City, and you're just going to go in, or like you're going to Nashville, or you're going to, you know, wherever – Michigan. Well, that's kind of nice because you're not just kind of like, I guess like for me, the biggest thing with understudy, I had this like altercation in college once where I was a senior and I was like pretty much the politics of my conservatory program was like your first two years, you do a lot of like the bitch work, you know, you do the costumes, you do this. And then the second two years, like you got the main stage, you're like the star and all of like the first, you know, the sophomores and freshmen kind of just like do everything for you. So you're kind of guaranteed like a spot on these main stages. And my senior year, the first show that came out, I hadn't been on anything. The first show that came out, they understudied me to a junior. And I was so mad. I was like, dude, I'm a senior and this girl's a junior and I'm getting understudied. I was like furious. I was like, I refuse to do this. No. And it was like, it, it was kind of an ego, but it wasn't. It was just like, how do you expect me to go out into the world as like I'm graduating next year and you're not even letting me play in my own conservatory program. I have done the understudy. Like I've done all of that as a yeah. freshman and sophomore and junior. And now I'm right. a senior and you're understudying me on like the first show that comes out, which is kind of like the bigger yeah. show. Um, and I just wanted like a role. I wanted to play. So I guess, right. I don't know. So I think it's nice. I think I felt like my time wasn't being valued because they still wanted you to come to all the rehearsals and stuff like that. And it took a lot of time. Like you couldn't have a job if you were in a show, which I had no problem doing if I'm in a show. But if I'm understudying this girl, like I'm not even getting the chance to like perform. When I'm in the rehearsal, I'm just sitting in a corner. You know, it's like a five hour rehearsal. Like, you know, I'm going to school full time and I'm just sitting in class. Like I need a job, you know? So yeah. Oh, so you couldn't have a job even as an understudy. Oh no, you couldn't have a job. You couldn't have a job in my conservatory at all. Like, so it was just like, you were there from morning till night, like 10 o'clock. You got there at eight in the morning. It was just a lot. So I was like, no, I'm not, I refuse. I'm an adult now. Like I have things to pay for. If I'm not getting a part, like totally, I'm good with it. I'm not hurt about it, but I refuse to be an understudy. And they were yeah. like, you're such a diva. I was like, all right, call me as you want, but I'm not doing this. Whatever, whatever. So, but that's really nice that you were able to be an understudy and not have to be like there and, you know, kind of like doing nothing, I feel. Yeah. Which is yeah. Nice. I, it, it's, uh, yeah, you don't have to like follow them around or go to all their rehearsals or anything. But um, on the note of like, can you have a job is tricky too, because right. like you it's not like every single month they request your availability or anything like that. It's just kind of like they might email you and say like, Hey, in two weeks, uh, we need you to do the show. And it's going to be on a Thursday in the middle of the day in another state. So like, you can't really maintain a nine to five job with that. Right. Um, They need you. They need you. And yeah. And so 
I, I wanted the job so badly that I was like, I will be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I will do nothing. Um, and then you quickly realize like, oh, food costs money. Uh, so I, I like found odd jobs that kind of like let me, let me make my own hours. Um, I like get, I worked for a company uh, called Museum Hack, which is actually is based in New York. And so okay. we gave tours at the Art Institute of Chicago. Uh, that is super cool. Which was super fun. So like just finding those odd jobs uh, that allowed me to like make some money, but not have to be at a, a desk or at a consistent place every single day of the week. Um, so I have a question about, in, I mean, being an understudy for a sketch, because the show that when I went to go see your guy's show, um, mm -hmm. one of the girls, I think was an understudy, not, she, she oh, was okay. filling in. I think she oh, was okay. filling in because we got a little paper yeah. saying that she was filling in for one of the cast members. So how does she do that? Like I, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, did she have to like learn the whole thing? Like what's that process of yeah. like stepping in for somebody? Yeah. So, uh, and it's different for the touring company and for the, the stages in the shows. Yeah. Cause like the touring company, you, uh, you get a script or, or, you know, they say you're understudying this person. Here are all the scenes. Here are the videos. So you can watch the scenes, hear the scripts, wow. read these, memorize these, come in, we'll do a rehearsal for you. And then you're going to go in, do the show once and then that's it. Right. And for, for the stages, it's the same thing, but like uh, the stage will always have the same list of scenes because the show doesn't change right. for the whole time that it's running. But with a touring company, you could understudy one person, in March and learn all those scenes. And then you could understudy them again in August and there could be 10 different scenes. Like it may not be the same stuff. Cause they're constantly so, changing their shows uh, yes. with the audiences and learning the feedback and. Yeah. And, and because they go on the road and they're like required to do different scenes at different places. So wow. uh, it becomes, it's tricky as a, as a touring company understudy. Uh, and it's so short notice, but um yeah, literally, like you said, you have to you have to memorize all the lines. You have to learn all the scenes. You have to know the blocking. You have to know the choreography. You have to know which doors to enter, what chairs yeah. to put. Like, there's so many moving parts yeah. that you don't expect until someone's like, here's what you have to learn. And you're like, hang on. <laughs> right. And I think Broadway kind of works that way where they're like, oh, I'm a swing. I'm this track. I'm this track. Or like, I know yes. they have that language. How do people do that? I, I know so little about Broadway. My girlfriend does real acting and, and mm -hmm. theater. And uh, she lived in New York and she's here right now. But So she understands Broadway so much more than me. And she's like, oh, this person's a swing for, for this. And I'm like, wait, so right now they're doing that part, but tomorrow they may have to. How, how do you keep that in your brain? Like, I know. That's wild. Know. It's a it's bunch so of impressive. like, and it's like interesting because I know, like they could be like swing one or like A, B, C, track this, that. And then like, I think the day of they come in and they tell you what you're playing. They'll be like, you oh, you're doing swing. You're doing this. What? You're doing that. Yeah. I'm I mean, again, Dang. I've never done Broadway, so I could be completely wrong. But okay. I'm pretty sure like from the language I've heard and understood when I was oh more gosh. in the theater stuff and I have friends that are on Broadway and they talk about like, Oh, I'm an understudy for this. But then, you know, right. So that's insane. That's so let's, so talk, much. That's so let's talk about um, the show. Like, like, so when you found out that you were going to be on the show, uh, that you were going to yeah. have a show, what, mm -hmm. like, what was the process of getting that first off? And then what was the process of like creating the show and stuff like that? Um, I was, so after I understudied for the touring company, I got to tour full time. 
mm-hmm. for, for a little over a year and I loved it. And then while oh, okay, I was doing cool. that, I was an understudy for a cast member who was on the ETC stage um, for two shows. So um, if he was ever sick or out of town or whatever, I would be one of the people who they might request to go in and fill in for him. And so um, while he was doing his second show, he uh, got hired to write for SNL. So oh my uh, God, they, they are so cool. Um, they invited me to, uh, to, to replace him once he got hired to, to like finish out the rest of the run. Um, which was wild and it was really cool. And, and so they, you know, they hired me being very clear of like, Hey, you're going to finish this run. We don't, we don't have any information. We're not going to make any promises about the next show, whether or not you can do it. So I went in there with the mindset of like, cool, I'm going to get to do this for four months. And then they're going to say goodbye. (laughs) And then they're going to be like, you're done. Thanks. That's that's all we wanted. So um, I was really nervous and, and eventually found out that they, uh, come January of, of 2019, they invited me to join the cast and uh, start writing this new show, which was really exciting. And, and yeah. uh, Amazing and show. Incredible. Like, I Thank felt you. like I was so moved by your guys' show, first off. Like, I loved the ending. It, like, made me feel like it was like Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, it was like Holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Jeez. Because, well, I saw Dear Evan Hansen and I – and when you guys did your last number, I was like, it, it kind of had the same vibe of like, me- this is mental health. You're not alone. Mm. And that's yeah. kind of how Dear Evan Hansen made me feel was like, we all have these thoughts. We all feel like this. You're not yeah. alone. And I think like, that's my favorite message. Like that's the message of my podcast. That's like that feeling of like, let's share, let's bring light to the world. You're not alone is like everything to me. So when I saw you guys like kind of lining up at the end, kind of like rentish, you know, yeah, I was like, I know, oh, right? this it's is like, do you have I was like, this, yeah. what if I was like, when you guys were done, I was like, that was so beautiful. Oh, like, thank you. Uh, and well, you were in the show too. Yeah, oh, I yeah, think we need to address this. Well, that's we need- so funny because my boyfriend, we were, um, he kept saying the whole night, if anyone gets called up, um, mm-hmm. I think he's like, don't let me go. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to uh-huh. go. I don't want to uh-huh. go. Cause we were going to sit towards the front and then I was right. like, I'll, I want to go. I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been taking classes at IO. Right. And so, um, you picked our, right. um, and she was like, no, 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 I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Uh, <laughs> but did you guys have to have a girl? Yes. Yeah, so that's uh, funny. I, I have to, so I was the one that picked you Yeah. Uh, or, or I tried to pick someone and then was rejected. <laughs> tried to pick um, her. And then my yes. boyfriend was like, he's like, I was going to go, but I was like, but I think they needed a girl. Cause I think yes. that's when I said me, you were like, okay, come. And because my boyfriend was like, I kind of wanted to go. I was like, but I think it was planted that I need to be a female. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that happens every so often that people are just like, oh no, 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 absolutely not. And so I was so grateful when you're like, you were like halfway standing up. You're like, I'm already, <laughs> I'm going, why are you even I'm, asking? I'm doing this. And it I'm was never so, been picked for anything. you were so fun. It was great. It was very fun. Um, yeah, that, that part's always, always a blast. And truly because, you know, we have to pick these people and you don't want to pick anyone that's going to A, say no, or um, be a jerk or, or miserable up on stage. So you're kind of like watching during the show. Oh, are you? Um, yeah, because at this point we know our lines, so we're not like yeah. trying to remember them. So we're just kind of on autopilot sometimes just like, all right, who's up there? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, So we're looking a- for people who are having fun. That's awesome. I had a one-person show that I had to do with my conservatory, 
-hmm. and it was a one person show. So we only went up twice, but I had two jokes planted, like a couple of, essentially the story is that it's this girl that she she suffers from anxiety and she goes to this therapist's office and um, she gets there late and she can't get inside. And so um, she's like, why are all these people here? And she's like, are you guys all waiting for like to see the therapist too? And um, so she essentially starts talking to the audience about her problems because you know, the therapist isn't there. So I had a couple of like jokes and I was like, why are you here? Oh my God. Don't tell me like you guys are getting a divorce. I hate divorces. Like, why are you like, why can't we make this work? You know? (laughs) And like, what's your name? And then like, it's funny because when I wrote it, I was like, he will say his name is Bob. And the first night he's like, Bob. And I was like, I was like, Bob, I already know what to say to you, Bob. I'm ready. Yeah. One of the nights it was like perfect because they were husband and wife. But one of the nights, I picked the audience member and I was like, is this your wife? He's like, it's my daughter. I'm like, why are you guys getting a divorce? (laughs) But like, it was still worked because it was like, she was so neurotic that it was like hilarious, but. That's so so fun. Oh, that's great. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah. So like the whole process or whatever, how we were talking about. um, Yeah. Um, So we, uh, in January, once, once the whole cast was picked, um, went into what's literally called, you nailed it, it's called process. Um, and it's like right. a 10 to 12 week long uh, uh, rehearsal process and writing process where uh, we, we're very fortunate with our schedule that it's a little bit more forgiving. So on Wednesdays, Thursdays, uh, Saturdays and Sundays, uh, we would be there during the day and we would write and we'd rehearse and we would pitch things and we come in with scenes like we were talking about before, whether it's improvised or, or scripted. Um, and then we would also just like talk about um, what we wanted our show to be. And we talked big picture and we started to pick out themes that we were noticing from a lot of our pitches and scenes that we were coming up with. And on days that we also had shows, we would be, we'd rehearse during the day for, you know, four plus hours. Wow. And then do the show with some of those new scenes put in for like the first time ever. Um, so it was a lot of like, uh, it was very chaotic and hectic, but like in a really cool, exciting way. Like yeah. as corny as it sounds, it was like, it was like being on a roller coaster <laughs> where, yeah. where like, you know, you're, you're good. Uh, you have these scenes of like you're scrambling backstage looking at the script right before you have to walk on. You're like, oh shit, I don't, I don't know if I remember this at all. And then, you just have to go out there and you're just like, we'll see. We'll just, we'll see how this goes. And, um, and it was very fun, but it was also like so mentally draining. (laughs) I can imagine. It was really, it was, yeah. And I think for me, it was different for everybody. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't speak as a whole, but I, I think generally a second city writing process is pretty draining for people. Um, and I put so much pressure on myself that that made it even worse. Like, because I, I treated this, the, the job is like such a illustrious, amazing, impossible to achieve thing that like the fact that I got to do it, I was like, okay, from day one, every single thing that I do and that I bring in has to be the best, has to be the smartest, funniest, most perfect ever. And boy, what a great way to set yourself up for failure. (laughs) (laughs) If, to put your put the pressure on yourself of everything has to be perfect is a great way for nothing to be perfect. Right, of course. That's so interesting you say that because I was listening to, I first off just started watching 30 Rock 
because oh, okay. I just recently started watching it and reading Tina's book and just found out who Lori Michaels is. And I'm just like learning all these great things and I'm so oh, excited, wow. you know? And, um, but I was listening to her talk about like what it was like working on SNL and I've read some of Amy's book and, you know, her talking okay. about that process. And they, they say that it's kind of similar. It's like the most mentally exhausting thing. Like people don't realize how much yeah. work goes into SNL and, you know, she was talking about, cause, um, I was watching the special with David, that David Letterman and Tina Fey and oh yeah, kind of asking her like, Oh, was 30 rock kind of like your life? And she was like, well, I mean, I have a successful marriage. So not that part, but yeah, I mean, she's like, and then she's like, I would never, you know, go work for SNL right now. Cause I just don't think I have the stamina. Like she's like, you're not only putting on a show, but then she was a part of the writer's room and she was up till two o'clock and right. it seems like, it just seems like a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, one of the things that when you get into comedy or, or acting or anything like that, people who are so removed from it, will be like, so you're going to do second day or are you going to do SNL? And yeah. And you know, of course you're just like, yeah, that would be great. I, I would never say no to it, but also the, the closer you get to it or the closer you get to people who are, a part of it or have experienced it you learn a lot more about it and you're like oh yeah that does sound so draining and it sounds right. like such a huge undertaking that's really hard right um so yeah it takes a, a specific type of person to do right. it and a lot yeah. of stamina like you said and a lot of and it's hard to i'm assuming, i mean i feel like yes and because you know, you get to live in New York and you have a stable job and, you know, like you're an actor and you're a writer and you're oh, part of a yeah. community. So like all of those amazing things and you're performing and it's, you still like, for me, I was always like, when I was a little girl, my, my grandfather asked me like, what do you want to be? And I was like proclaiming it from the rooftops. Like I'm going to be a famous actress one day. Like uh -huh. I already know, like God would tell me, I was such a drama queen. I was like, God told me I'm going to be a famous actress one day. And my grandfather was like, well, what kind of actress? I was like, comedy, like comedy actress. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. And um, I needed that confidence. Good for you. <laughs> I know. I, well, it was like this, like sometimes people talk about that. Like some entrepreneurs talk about like this innocent confidence that they had, which like they look back and they're like, why do you have that? Yeah. It was because my mom, when I was a little girl, told me like, I spoke with a fortune teller and she told me you're going to be a very successful actress. So uh -huh. I was like, done. So I would <laughs> no, I and people would be like, one in a million, honey, one in a million. And I was like, my mom told me it's me. But, like, so yeah. then, but it was great. Cause it got me through like, like my conservatory was like one of the darkest four years of my life. Cause it was just mm. so, it really put me to the test and I'm so grateful for it. But if I didn't have that, like, I know I'm going to be somebody, I know this is for me. Or even now, like the grind in New York, it's tough, you know, the rejection yeah. and the work and the this and like being away from my partner and, you know, having to live with my grandma and like, it's tedious and putting yourself out there and like all yeah. of that, you know, oh my gosh. have that, you, how would you expect yourself to like, you have to have some sort of belief that like it's possible. If not, there's no way you can do this. It's not. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Talking I, to like, five is so much easier. Yeah, it is. But it's, and it's also it's nice to have that consistency of a, of a nine to five. And, and I worked, you know, I worked a real job for the yeah. first several years that I was here. So it was nice having that consistency, but also like, if you don't really love it, then yeah. it's hard. It's hard to maintain it. And so, you know, so many people don't love doing their jobs. So I'd rather do, uh, I'd, I'd rather like really struggle and have a hard time oh, doing sure. something that I super love. Um, of course. And then you have is, that love too. Like, you know, you, you, in, 
like how they say like, oh, if you love what you do, you'll never work. Like it's fun. At the end of the day, you get to go home. It's like, oh my God, that was so much fun. You have fun, yeah. fun, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days that like going to do our show will feel like work where like the audience yeah. isn't super into it or, or we're off rhythm and like, and it feels hard and it's not the best ever. But then like, whenever I come home from those days, my girlfriend will be like, oh, how was the show? How'd it go? Sometimes I'll be like, ah, it didn't feel great tonight. And then, I, and then I'm like, what, what am I complaining about? Like, yeah. this is still really cool. Right. Uh, well, cause so, you have a good perspective and that's great. Cause that means that you're still grateful. Not everybody's grateful for that, but that's, that's really great to well, have I'm just, that. I'm just terrified of being fired. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening right now, I love my job. Please. I'm very happy there and I support the building. So when I went to go see your guys show, you guys got a suggestion of, Porn. That was oh, your guys' suggestion. Boy, were you there last night? Because we got that one too. Again? Uh, so what yeah. are some of those weird suggestions? Like what do you what happens? Like what do you guys think when that happens? With porn, we get it we get porn so much and like do you truly, really? I, we get it too often. Because like the girl seems show or I I mean uh, I don't remember what her I don't remember what she called it says like he or she oh chuck has they yeah. them pronouns okay, okay right yes. so I, I didn't want to like say that but she was he was or he perfect they were saying um porn did you just say porn yeah. really so i was like oh my god they just said porn like why would they do that to them like, yeah i'm so but i felt like it was probably your first time but it's not your first time you guys get that so no we we get it a bunch and like it's it's just so like almost consistently shouted by like a drunk white man and Porn. and truly it's just because he he wants to be funny he wants to show off in front of his buddies Friends, or his girlfriend yeah. or whoever like i get it but but it's also like really? if you want to be funny don't come to a show to watch people be funny because that's right. that's a different thing well i thought um, it was so awesome that you guys went with it because i was like for sure they're not gonna go with it but then you guys did and i was like wow that was really awesome oh did guys, we take it really yeah you guys took it and, and it was hilarious and i was like good for them they like yeah. really played with this but do you guys yeah. get uh, weird well honestly honestly for that particular part we get the same like five suggestions where, really? where we ask for because we ask for a genre of film or tv and people don't know many like <laughs> We'll get horror, we get sci-fi, um, we get rom-com. We get like the same four right. pretty much every single time. Every so often someone will throw in like Keanu Reeves and we're like, <laughs> Keanu Reeves films. And we're like, not a genre, but hell yeah, we're going to do it. Because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like, that's a blast. And that's so right. different and weird. Um, right. uh, yeah, but like weird suggestions that we get. I love weird suggestions. I'd rather get a suggestion, like a non-dirty one, like yeah. porn. Porn, I don't consider a weird suggestion. Porn, I consider like so cliche. Right, um, like you would be surprised how many people actually say this, right? Yes, but like, you know, we'll, if we get a suggestion of a relationship and, and people shout like frenemies or something like that, we, we kind of get that one a decent amount, but like that's more interesting to me than cousins. Like, what do you want to see with cousins, you guys? <laughs> like no one has an interesting cousin relationship. Um, I think people just get excited to say something. Like yes. when I'm in the audience, I'm like, say something funny. Yeah. Like it's like pressure. <laughs> it's like, hurry up. And I just whenever, like say the random thing. Which is great. That's like, please do that. Whenever my dad comes to see shows, he loves giving suggestions. My dad, oh, if, if 
Jim Campbell's in the audience, you're going to get a, a fun animal suggestion. I guarantee it. That is so um, funny. Which, like, I don't really care. Because I, I, he's giving us suggestions different than other things. So, like, right. we ask for, you know, a, a relationship. He'll be like, meerkat and trainer. <laughs> and we're like, cool. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, getting getting fun suggestions is, is going to be more fun for everybody overall. Right. But also I do realize that that's a lot of pressure to put on the audience. They don't know what we get all the time and they, right. and they don't know what qualifies as, as fun or as cliche. Um, so if anyone's listening, porn is cliche. <laughs> Please stop doing it's, uh, it. It's very uh, done often. Yes. Dildo is not funny. You, it's, funny. <laughs> there's, not, there's nothing funny about dildo. Neither is prostitute. You you guys don't. We're, you're not gonna get it's what like you want. It's like immature jokes. It's- yeah, what they think they want, they really don't want it. Because honestly, if the suggestion is dildo, and then we do a scene acting out using a dildo, they're not gonna like it. <laughs> like oh they won't. Goodness. They won't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So are you still doing the show right now? Yes. Yeah, we okay. have two shows tonight. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about this. So um, one of our act- our people on social media wanted to ask you. Well, okay. What is her think- name? Can I ask her um, name? Or is this private? Is this like no. further? Sure. I'm sure she would love a, a, a shout out. Her name is Carolyn Kegel. Hi, Carolyn. Know- Hi, Carolyn. She wants to know what, uh, why do you think improv is great for actors? Like, why do you feel like um, she's, she's actually does um, more like Shakespeare and theater and things like that, which Dang, is cool because okay. we got to talk she's about like, the Shakespeare. Yeah, she, she went to <laughs> Lambda. She has a master's. Holy crap. Um, I should yeah. be asking her questions. Yeah, what? I know, right? <laughs> I know. Um, but so why – maybe she hasn't really dabbled in her. Maybe she has. I'm not sure. But why do you think improv is great and uh, why would you recommend it for her? I think um, – uh, so, again, I'm not a, like, experienced – uh, actor <laughs> so so maybe i'm you're hilarious you're amazing um thank you i um <laughs> but in terms of like real performance acting uh i i think improv is is helpful because the most important thing for improv uh is listening that like you truly listen to what what your scene partner or scene partners are saying and and truly hear them and and act and react based on that um trying to be funny isn't helpful, but like okay. hearing someone and then reacting accordingly is, is very funny. Um, it's truthful, right? Yeah. Because like, cause then you can play up that emotion and that honest reaction as high as you want, much higher than you would in real life. So that's where the comedy comes in. But I, uh, from what I would imagine for, for realizing, um, listening, uh, truly listening and reacting as if you're truly hearing what your scene partner is telling you is going to provide for a, a better scene and, and uh, better acting and more believable acting. Um, so I, I think that w- is very helpful, but then also just like improv keeps you on your toes. Cause like you, when you're getting direction, whether it's on a film set or, or uh, in, in a live theater setting, like you may get direction, things suddenly may be very different than you expected or than you prepared mentally. Someone may ask something of you that you weren't ready to do and, and improv allows you to quickly on a dime switch. Absolutely. Yeah, and like even for theater actors, right? Like improv's so good because if you do go up on a line or if you're yeah. like, 
oh my God, like I, you can still kind of play with it and things like that and kind of create this thing. And, and it's so yeah. interesting because when I was back in, in, when I was doing Chicago and I was doing IO, I, I, I work on the business side of things of, of acting. I help actors like this is one of my clients actually that asked this question, but I work oh, with actors cool. like figuring out their brand, their type, like how to market them, like who's your best sales team, like things like that, kind of helping them strategize. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's really helped me in my career. But um, so I think it was so nice, like being in class. And when I was took the, the test drive with Maggie, she, mm-hmm. she asked us like, oh, what was your favorite thing? And I was like, I loved listening. Like I genuinely in love, I genuinely love hearing what my partner is going to say. Mm-hmm. What, it, what are your ideas? Like, what are we going to do here? Like, I trust that we're going to have so much fun. And I think the cool thing about improv is that I think someone, I can't remember who said this, but it was like, your job as an improviser is to help the other person essentially look good. And, oh, and yeah. there are some people that are like, like you said, like just try to be funny. But yeah. I think like if you're just having that honest behavior and like you're making sure like, hey, are you looking at me? Like, are we good? Like, are we good? Like, what do you, you know, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so fun. Like, you're just like, you're there together and it just. Oh, it's a blast. Yeah. When, when you're like really gelling or clicking and on the same rhythm with another person in improv scene is so fun. It feels yeah. very free. It's very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. um. Robert wanted to ask you, have Hi, you ever Robert. considered, Hi, Rob. Rob's my boyfriend, actually. So have you ever oh, okay. considered stand-up, which we kind of talked about a little bit. Yes. Um, but I don't know. Um, do you consider continue doing stand-up or? I, maybe at some point I would. Like, um, uh, I have a lot of friends who have moved on from improv to focus more on stand-up. Um, okay. and, and they found so much joy in it. And, and they really love it. And they found a, a community and a career from it. Um, so I do find that appealing because I also just love like the art and process of writing jokes. I think that's so satisfying. Um, so, uh, you know, ultimately when Second City fires me <laughs> or, or when, you know, I move on and then, and then I'm an unemployed actor oh my um, and, and still want to do comedy in some way, then stand up is a great way to do that. So it's totally possible that I would uh, try it again, but it's been yeah. so long. I think I haven't done it in like six or seven years. It's wow. been a really long time. Wow. Yeah. So I want to ask you this. What is the goal that you're working on, right? Like what's, what's something that you're chasing right now? Do, like, do you want SNL? Do you want, like, what's that thing that you're like, I really want to get there? Really yeah. You know? um, I, like, uh, I, I would never say no to SNL. I, right. Like, even after learning all, all the stress and all the horror of it, like, uh, that's, that's okay. Cause I think that, I, I think it would be cool to work there and I, uh, and I really respect what they do. Um, yeah. I also have recently discovered, uh, a lot of respect and interest in, in late night. I think that that's yeah. an amazing process. Like going to watch the taping of those shows, the very first time I saw one of those, I saw Seth Meyers like this is a machine and it's so cool yeah like that it's so well oiled and so to the minute and and it's so last minute too that like things are changing very suddenly and and they wrote it all just a few hours ago i think it's so fascinating um i could see that for you so writing for a late night show is very interesting or being involved in a late night show i think is really cool I think the best job in the world is Key and Peele. What those guys did yeah. with that show is the best thing and would be the, the ultimate dream job of like wow. you and your best friend get to do a sketch show <laughs> like where yeah. you get to write whatever you want. 
uh, with with a budget so you can do yeah. you can like fully produce it I, I that is like amazing that's the coolest thing well ever. I think the coolest thing about sketch and I guess why even just this conversation has really fueled me to want to be like I kind of want to head more into that direction I think as actors and especially in film and TV we don't often get to tell the stories that we're passionate about we're kind of mm -hmm. like I want to be a part of your story and can you let me be part of your story and it's everybody has like this cool club and you're not allowed mm -hmm. in it until you know you kind of are allowed into it and it's kind mm -hmm. of political and there's like so much to it and you're kind of just waiting for that green light but yeah. I feel like I've always kind of told people like write your own content like you know get out there and do yeah. your own thing and you know like let that momentum like really fuel you and then you kind of have your own people and then you guys make your own movies and I kind of tried to advise myself the same thing. I was like, I'm really going to get into film writing and I'm going to take master classes. And I was like learning from like Greg oh, nice. Foster and I was like taking all these notes. But then she was like, you know, you're going to know the story you want to tell when you can't, when you just wake up and that's what you want to do and you're obsessed yeah. with it. And I was like, I don't have that. Like I have that with oh, acting. Yeah. Right. You know? Like I have that yes. with acting. I'm like, I just want to get up there and I want to act, but I didn't have that with like being a filmmaker. Yeah. But sketch for me seems so different. Cause I'm like, I do, I want to be a part of a writer's room. I, I, yeah. I like writing. I enjoy writing, but I need a collaborative process. I need to do Same. it with people. Yeah. I don't, I don't like I, my one person show I would write, but then I would bring it to somebody and they would edit and they would do stuff. So it was kind of like that. So I guess I feel like that kind of inspired me a little bit to kind of want to yeah. pursue that more like sketch area. That's great. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Writing collaboratively, I, I totally agree. It's just like a, a super rewarding and, and just feels easier too. Right. Super yeah. cool. Okay. So what is your advice to younger self? To my younger self? Yeah. Um, oh man. So many things. Uh, uh, how young? How young are we talking here? Who's the one you have to talk to? Um, I, I think I need to talk to like uh like uh high school high school and in college mark of just like you don't want to be an english teacher <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop stop pretending like you want to be a high school english teacher you don't um right. uh no, no i'm not knocking on teachers teachers are amazing we should pay them more Absolutely. going on the record um but i i was very much like too scared to admit and and really talk about the fact that I wanted to pursue a career in, in comedy. Um, I had, I just, there was a lot of shame for me associated with that. I, I felt like uh, that seemed like a very egocentric career and uh, you know, that I wanted the attention and, and the expectations around that. And, and it wasn't like a real or, you know, a quote unquote real or like a normal job. So right. uh there was just a lot of shame that no one at all placed on me, but just that I created for myself. Uh, so I just kind of fell back on, on the idea of being a high school English teacher because I had very great influential teachers. Um, yeah. But, but I needed to, and then truly my college English uh, professor who was my advisor at one point was just like, do you really want to do this? And I was like, <laughs> no, not really. And she was like, good, stop. <laughs> like, wow. like a teacher told me to not be a teacher, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah and I, that's interesting you say that because it's a real thing, that shame around wanting to be an artist. And there's, it's actually why I started this podcast because for so long I was like, 
you know, I'm very into like humanity and like, you know, like thinking of others and love. And mm-hmm. when I like pray or when I just like meditate, I'm like, why do I feel like I just want things? Like I'm praying to be a series regular, but I, what can, how do I serve the world? Like, what yeah. am I doing? You know, and is entertainment really going to serve and like storytelling. And I just feel like it is, that's a real thing. Like that is a shaming thing and it, and yeah. it is a normal thing. So many people feel that. And I think once you realize like what you are bringing to the table, like those stories, like I said, like how you guys made me feel like, that was like Dear Evan Hansen or watching you go through this panic attack with like this mental illness or like, Hey, those thoughts, I have those too. We all have those thoughts. It's like, it's this like, we're not alone bringing light, like sharing stories kind of thing that that's how you are serving the world. You're giving the world this entertainment and life is hard enough. Like you need to laugh. Sometimes you need to have something funny and yeah. And, and like, I think what's so, I mean, so great about this podcast that you do, or just like right now over the last five, 10 years as is that there's been so much more like open vocal support for like, if you want to be an artist, like be so proud that you want to be an artist where like when I was in high school, no, no one like crapped all over the idea, but, but it wasn't so much, there wasn't as much like beauty and support of art in the world. Like I didn't have Lin-Manuel Miranda being like, every morning is a beautiful day of sunshine and it's because you're alive. Like, uh, they're just amazing artists right now who are so vocal to support the arts. Um, whereas when I was in high school, it was just like, isn't SNL funny? Like, and isn't, you know, Seth Rogen, the funniest guy in the world. And you know, he, he made funny movies, but, but it wasn't so much like, and you can do it too. <laughs> yeah, it was so like not tangible. It was so far away. Yeah. And that's, that's so interesting you say that because that, like I said, I did walk through the world with confidence as a little girl and mm-hmm. naively confident. Um, but I had gotten accepted to this like two week theater program um, where we got to go to the Tonys. And I've actually- oh, cool. Tonys like three years in a row. And Whoa. Yeah, and last year I got to sit next to next to Tina Fey and her husband for the, for like an hour. And like, she like looked at me. I like saw her. Like it was like, we were chilling for like an hour. (laughs) And just like that first time that I did the first springboard that I did, there was, you know, Samuel Jackson's wife coming and, and, and all of these like people that you've seen your whole life are coming and they're speaking with you. Like Lucy Liu had a full on conversation with me. Oh, cool. And it was like this, impo- it wasn't an imposter syndrome, but it was like, how, they're like looking at me and it's invasive and like, you see yeah. me as a human. And it was like the weirdest feeling I had ever felt. Yeah, for know? sure. Yeah. But absolutely. I had never had that feeling before. But that okay, so That's so really cool. Quick because I don't want to take up all of your time, but I really uh. want to just quickly talk about two things. Improv, Shakespeare, and... Yes. And then we could wrap it up with what happened with TJI Friday. <laughs> with TJI Fridays. Um, okay. Improvised Shakespeare, um, was, uh, has been running at Second City for, sorry, I had to change rooms. Um, uh, has been not at Second City. It's been running in Chicago for like 13 years or so. Um, and it's incredible. It's like, I, I remember going through classes and watching that show and thinking it was the most magical, impressive improv in the world. Um, and so, uh, I also very much accepted like, and I'll never do it because, because, <laughs> because like, holy crap, those guys are magicians. Oh um, 
and then uh yeah i got i got asked to uh they don't do auditions they they would they do invitation based workshops where they okay. uh invite people who cast members who are currently doing the show recommend and they're like i think this person would be really good at it so bring them in and then like have them essentially like do uh improvised shakespeare uh exercises where like you teach them how to convert your you know the thy and thou and 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 how to change um modern terms into more shakespearean terms um and it's uh, overwhelming and then like you try and improvise the scene in shakespeare and like you oh improvise a God. prologue where like they give you a fake title and then you have to like stand there and improvise a like a prologue by yourself that is um, so crazy yeah it's real it was it was a while but it was also very fun um and that is the most supportive group of improvisers i've ever worked with in my life they really? are like before every improv show there's there's a tradition of like you tap your cast member on the back being like got your back just right. like to let you know like hey i'm, I'm we're in this no together and and some people take it seriously and some people are just kind of like, yeah, well, let's just get through this. And Aww. Shakespeare is a show that is so, that, that is like the most important thing in the world of like, whatever you say, whatever you do, we are 100% on board. We're going to, we're going in big, right. um, which is great. And that just made it feel right. so fun. They did an incredible job. They've done an incredible job creating that show. Right. And I don't get to do it anymore, but I still love it. <laughs> But, and you know, you just said something like that reminded me and again, like talking about the, in, like why improv can be so incredible to humans. And, and I know a lot of people that are in the corporate world that do improv just to do it like as a social skill. But mm -hmm. what I realized the first couple times I would come to class, um, how good it was for my soul. Like I didn't realize yeah. I needed that as a human. Like you're accepted. That's hilarious. We want you. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. It's like, it's like a space that they have to be nice to you. No matter yeah, what, I know, right? you're kind of like me no matter what. And yes. whatever you say, that's cool. And right. I needed that. I didn't realize yeah. like I would do improv and I would go home and I was just like a funner Liz. I was happier. Yeah. And I would just like be like, wow, I got to play today and I felt like so great and I feel so happy and yeah. I'm creative. Like, I just think that it's so beautiful how you're like, hey, we really got your back. And it's, I feel like improv can be so therapeutic. Like, yeah, like, it wow, it feels so good. Yeah, yeah. And, and even a show as stylized as that one. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so we'll wrap it up with this. So talk to me about what happened with TGI Friday and... <laughs> I just like found this out because I went on your Twitter and I was like, what's going on? I want to know more about him. And then I saw this, this long, hilarious feed. It's so long. I'm so sorry. I hope you didn't read the whole thing. It's I read so the long. whole thing. It was hilarious. So it, how did that um, start? Like, I, I love, I mean, I, I don't, I write some dumb jokes on Twitter for like, you know, my, my 20 friends who like will actually read my tweets. Um, <laughs> And I don't know, one day I just like made some dumb joke that tweeted at TGI Fridays and then they replied. Um, and so then for like the next week, I like maintained this fake conversation that I was like going on a, a first date at TGI Fridays. Um, and I was really nervous about it. And then I, 
and and none of it was true and I kind of felt bad lying <laughs> um <clears throat> but I was just like this is funny I'm gonna like commit to this and <laughs> and like go on this date alone by myself to CGI Fridays um and they just kept responding and they kept talking to me and then um it really they made it seem like they were gonna pay for my meal <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't. Oh my uh, gosh. They didn't even offer to. And so then I decided to loop chilies into it. Oh my god, that was my favorite part. Like, hey, you up? And they're like, you're bad. <laughs> chilies chilies saved the day. And then they sent oh. me and some random girl that got involved from Australia gift certificates. You're lying. <laughs> no, it was very true. Oh my uh, gosh. It was the best week of my life. It was so chaotic and so funny. Oh my god, that uh, is amazing. It was great. All right. Well, I just want to close off by saying thank you so much. First off, for taking the time to talk to me, to to just have this awesome conversation. And thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it it was really awesome. So I want to know where can the listeners find you if they want to chat with you and check out your stuff. Uh, my address in Chicago is eleven. <laughs> um, I uh, I perform at Second City uh, in a show called Grinning from Fear to Fear. Yes. Um, uh, it's on their ETC stage, and we run. Thursday through Sunday night. So I, I perform there. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitter. Check me yeah. out. I'm talking to TJ Fridays. Um, and you can see me walking my new dog every day. <laughs> <laughs> and your Instagram. And my Instagram. Uh, ooh, what is my... I think it's I think Mark my, the Campbell. Mark the Campbell is my Instagram. And the Mark Campbell is my Twitter because... Perfect. Uh, I don't know, the username was taken or something. It was oh. taken. I saw there's a lot of Mark Campbells out there. Though. Yeah. I don't know. A lot. And some of them are yeah. actors. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm screwed. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Well, thank you so much for thank you. Uh, chatting with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. There you guys have it. That is episode 301. Season 3 episode one with Mark Campbell. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. That was such a fun episode for me and such a cool like going out on a limb to see if I can even get Mark on the podcast after seeing him on the show. Man guys he took the spotlight like he was so funny. I just kept saying man that guy is so freaking good. He truly is such an amazing comedian, improviser, sketch comedian. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. I hope you learned a little something something. If you liked it, please share it with a friend, subscribe, leave a review, all of that good stuff. And be sure to tune in next week for episode 302. And remember to always keep on shining.